1: for The Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on
2: 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. Got a jam packed show for you today. We'll talk plenty of uh, blues hockey. Joey Vitale will be joining us in the four o'clock hour. We'll do a blues most likely to happen segment where we're kind of look ahead to the season and do some fun predictions. Are the blues better or worse on paper this season compared to last? Jamie will look at the rosters. Of course, talk some Cardinals as well. Will the Cardinals actually increase spending? We'll have that conversation. And we'll we'll uh, we'll do some football too. Uh, Andrew Marsh has got to get shot not once but twice today oh, with the airsoft that poor gun. Bugger. So we'll get the airsoft gun here. We'll, we'll make sure that he gets his punishment. So uh, we will face the punishment. There we lost obviously last night. Thanks Jordan Love. We'll talk about him. But we needed the Packers to win to at least tie with the Rizzuto Show. They did not, and uh, we're now up three to two. Three to two. We were up 3-0. Now we're three two so they're they're coming back a little bit on us we gotta refocus we're fine we're gonna be fine but we want to start off with the story of the night last night certainly wasn't in vegas with jordan love oh boy and the packers
3: that was a hell of a game wasn't it It i don't want it you want it it i don't want it you want it
2: yeah it was in atlanta
1: He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw first. It's over. It's over.
2: That call courtesy of TBS. Can you can you cue that up again, Marsh, and give me a thumbs up when you do? This is you got it. This listen again to the crowd. Oh, yeah. When Castellanos hits the ball. This is like my favorite part. And then at the end, when Harper got picked off.
1: He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps. And he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to
3: I got goosebumps. It, like, hit two levels there. When he made the <laughs> catch, you hear the roar of the crowd. Yep. And then it's kind of like, oh, no, the, he missed the ball. He missed the cutoff guy. Ah, oh, again. Like it, it hit a whole new level. It
4: did.
2: But I love when Castellanos hits it because you can hear, like, the hush call come oh, yeah. over the they're crowd. Like, oh, crap. Because they're all jacked up on Mountain Dew when the Braves – the Braves rallied. They were down 4 nothing. They didn't have a hit through, I think, six innings, or maybe they got their first hit in the six. Yeah, Zach, 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 Zach Wheeler was dealing.
3: The Zach Dealer, some call him.
2: Certainly, then, <laughs> then the wheels started to come off a little bit. Ozzy Albie's with with a, a key base hit. Ronald Acuna Jr. scores when Trey Turner gets a little lax. Lackadais- tough, tough short hop, but he's a shortstop. He can handle that. Gets a little lackadaisical getting the the ball in from the outfields. and before you know it, it's four to one. And then the wheels start to slowly turn in the Braves' favor. Austin Riley hit a two-run home run with one hand. A little bit of a hanging slider. He got under it, had the one hand, got enough lift and separation on it to pull it into the bullpen, and uh, the comeback was on. Was that the most impressive thing he did last night? Because I would argue him backing up second base... A la Derek Jeter. I was thinking the same. I was. It was the same reference point. It was Jeter. It was the Jeter play. Which one was better? Jeter's World Series. That was in the World Series, wasn't it? Or was that? No, the, that was against the was Oakland the, A's. Oh, that's right. I so that was, was in the DS. ALDS. I think so. But that was across the field and like backhanded, yeah. almost. Or, or maybe it was a. Maybe it was like a pitch on an option play or something. Riley's play last night was sensational, though because he's got a lot of momentum going that way he's throwing on the run he, he it, threw that, a seed over he the threw the first a days. seed that ball could have tailed on him it didn't he threw a seed here's here's where i'm on this i do not blame bryce harper on that bryce harper made a decision and he saw the the, the way that it was hit michael harris made a sensational play but bryce harper's thinking this is the game right here i'm gonna score on this i'm gonna i'm gonna tie obviously when he got when when Harris caught it now Harper's backtracking at least and it took a sensational play by Harris and a sensational play by Riley to get Harper at first base I don't blame I don't fault Harper at all I give credit to Harris and, and Riley on that play these those two guys yeah. saved their season I just wonder
3: night. if Harper was a little aggressive there's only one out at the time like he could have went all the way over to second base, like right waiting kind of, and then when he missed it, probably kicked it in and still had an opportunity to maybe score on the play. Yeah. But if he misses it and you still have two guys on the bases at that point with one out left, mm-hmm. I, I as it happened, I understood it, but I was like, was that just a, maybe a bit too aggressive? Maybe. Based on the circumstance, if it's two outs, well, it's all, all bets are off. You're well, he's on going contact, on contact, ends. yeah. automatic. Right, but right. he he did the same thing on this one. Yeah. Except it wasn't.
2: He made late. a decision. He did. Harper Harper has high baseball IQ. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was just it was two sensational plays by the defense in that in that, that situation.
5: Yeah. And here here's the thing. I, I don't blame Harper at all. That catch had a forty five percent catch probability. He needed to cover Michael Harris ninety two feet in five point four seconds just to get there, and then his jump was plus five feet above average. It was
2: I'm incredible. running. I'm running too. Yeah, you have to score. You're look. You, let's let's keep in mind too. Let's look at it from Harper's perspective. He's got he has a clear read on the play. It is in front of him. He knew because again this this is the, Bryce Harper's got incredible baseball IQ. So chances are he looked to see where those those outfielders were, were beforehand. And we talk about this a lot with the Cardinals. If the ball goes here. Where am I going with it on defense, or if you're a base runner, what am I doing if the ball is hitting the gap? And the way that he saw Harris running like that, full speed, Harper's obviously an outfielder. He made he made the decision to go on that again. It was just a, a great great play.
3: Well, and I, I'm by, looking uh, at it in both. hindsight too. Sure. Like looking back now, you're like wow, well, maybe he's a little aggressive. In the moment, you're all amped up, and we know one thing about Bryce Harper is he's this extremely competitive guy yep. too. So he wanted to to get across home plate, tie that game up. In the moment, yeah, I can't fault him at all.
5: Well, also, it took a fantastic play by Austin Riley to even get him out. If he doesn't do that, he's back on first, and maybe they end up coming back. Who knows? The game could go either way. Whoever uh, was up next could have hit a home run. Either way, though. You have to give credit to Austin Riley
2: for backing up that play,
5: oh,
3: that was a and
2: just having play. the baseball IQ to know to be there. Yep, absolutely. And it took so it took the Phillies miscues for the Braves to come back, and it took remarkable defense by Atlanta. Not to mention, of course, their identity. So the Braves played to their identity last night. Max Freed last year he wound up getting punched around by the by the Phillies. He wound up being sick. So he kind of went through it all and now he comes back and he didn't necessarily pitch great last night but it was really it was the Braves offense that carried that team all season long and it finally showed up in the later innings last night but I've I've said this before about about you know the Cardinals or any other team I have yet to see a truly bad or poor defensive team win a World Series you have to make plays maybe not to that degree but you have to make def- key defensive plays. If you're going to win a World Series. And in, in game one, we saw Trey Turner make outstanding plays at short. You have to have lockdown defense and make spectacular plays throughout the course of the postseason if you're going to win it. And Atlanta did both things last night defense, offense do you great. remember
5: last year we were talking about the phillies defense heading into october oh, yeah. Yeah. we were all excited because we're like well you know just put the ball in play the phillies defense might end up messing up and you know maybe we can squeak a run in or two they ended up playing better than the cardinals yeah, did castellano mm-hmm.
3: earned himself a gold glove yeah yeah
5: they were not great really, but he was unbelievable I, he was great and they were not good in the regular season but no. they, they turned into a complete different team
3: yeah third baseman what's his name baum alec baum and alec yep. baum he came out of nowhere you you really do have to
2: separate the two when you get when you get from the regular season to the postseason and the Arizona Diamondbacks who are now up 2-0, 2-0 on the the Dodgers, had Michael Harris and Austin Riley and the Braves not do what they did last night, the talk would be Arizona. Oh yeah. They haven't lost. They have not Yeah, but been... who are they playing? <laughs> Milwaukee and the <laughs> Dodgers. Teams that are well regarded. <laughs> they haven't been home yet. No, them in Texas. Texas will play at home tonight, looking to eliminate the Orioles. But the Diamondbacks haven't been home yet, and now they're they're you know they they're, they're going to play on the Arizona. road. Yeah, no kidding.
3: If I'm the manager of that team, maybe I'm putting my team in a hotel. Maybe. Yeah, let's just pretend we're on the road, guys. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, uh-huh. please.
2: So Arizona hasn't lost. Texas hasn't lost. Is that it? Yeah, because Houston and Minnesota are even. But Texas and and Arizona have yet to lose, man. It's been, thus far, it's been a a fun postseason. And we will get into should Major League Baseball change its playoff format. Because to me, last night kind of poured cold water on that. I wouldn't mind seeing a reseeding, but the the Braves came back last night. And the Braves came back because of their offense. Why did everybody pick the Braves potentially to win? Not everyone. But why did a lot of people pick the Braves to win the World Series? Because of that offense. You got to win win the damn game than they did last night all right it's fast lane on 101 espn ranking the teams that missed the postseason there was a article done by the athletic i think it was our guy jim jim Bowden, bobby's brother nope jim Bowden in the athletic ranking the teams that missed the postseason this year where do the cardinals rank on jim Bowden's list that's next on 101 espn bobby's- jamie rivers of anthony Salter. it's a fast lane on one-on-one espn of the blues better or worse on paper this season we'll have that discussion at the bottom of the hour but we wanted to chat about jim bowden's latest article at the athletic where he ranks the mlb teams that did not make the playoffs this year so ranking the teams that did not make the playoffs this year and of course you wanted to discuss where he had the cardinals any guesses before we start any guesses where Jim Bowden would have him?
3: ranked, like in the league,
2: uh, out of the teams that miss a postseason?
3: Oh wow! Okay, uh, where they would rank?
2: Mm-hmm. So quick math on that: the po- how many how many postseason teams, Marshy? Fourteen. Yes. So where do you think the Cardinals rank? One through sixteen.
3: I mean, it can't be great, but on paper, they're probably better than some of the other teams. I'd say 12.
2: Yeah. Marsh? I already know the answer. No, no,
3: no, no! no. Oh, okay.
2: Jamie, you're close. Tenth. (laughs) Way better
3: than I thought. Let's party!
2: Jim Bowden of The Athletic ranks the Cardinals 10th. Jamie, any guesses on the postseason team, the non-postseason team that he ranks first? I'll give you a hint. It's a team that a lot of people thought would make a deep run this year. Oh, the Mets? Mm-mm. The other team that people thought were going to make a deep run this year that invested a lot. Padres. The Padres.
3: <laughs> I, was thinking, I was like, Yankees? But I'm like, wait, oh, Padres. Yeah, the Padres.
2: All right, so good news and bad news on this. The Cardinals are 10th. Again, that's out of... Actually, it's out of 18 teams. My math was horrendous, I guess, on that one. Um, The Cardinals are 10th. He writes, the Cardinals were the most disappointing team this season thanks to a rotation that completely fell apart and a bunch of outfielders who were injured or underperformed. They missed catcher Yadier Molina more than they expected and didn't get the offensive production they hoped for from a lot of their young players. The Cardinals will spend this offseason rebuilding the rotation and need to make at least two or three upgrades if they want any chance of turning things around in 2024. The good news is they still have the best corner infield in the game with Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado along with three top young players and outfielders Jordan Walker and Lars Newtbar and shortstop Mason Wynn. With a strong offseason, the Cardinals have an infrastructure to get right back in the NL Central race next year. Nothing earth-shattering there. I agree with Jim Bowden's statement on th- th- those statements. I think we all would. The issue? Behind the San Diego Padres, Jim Bowden ranks the Cincinnati Reds.
3: What? I think that's off.
2: Look at the talent alone that they have. The young talent alone that they have. have Look at the pitching. They got some young pitchers, too, led (sighs) led by Hunter Green. They got guys like Andrew Abbott, too, Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips. I'm
3: not saying... Guys that
2: got experiences this past season. I'm
3: not saying that they shouldn't be ranked ahead of the Cardinals. I think second is a stretch.
2: I would have the Mariners ahead of the Reds. I agree there. He's got the Mariners third. Outside of that, the Mets, we'll see. The Yankees, Where, he got we'll the Cubs? see. He's got the Cubs seventh.
3: Yeah, I figured.
2: So two teams, obviously the Brewers made the made the playoffs, so they, they don't count into this. But the four teams in the National League Central that did not make the playoffs, two of them, Bowden's got ranked out of them, ahead of the Cardinals. The lone one, obviously, is the Pirates. So he, in other words... He's more, if you want to look at it this way, he's more optimistic about the Reds and the Cubs' future yeah. than he is about the Cardinals. Would you say the same thing?
3: It's so difficult because my first thought is that the Cardinals are better than both of those teams if they fix the pitching. So Jim Bowden's not wrong because if the, unless the Cardinals can make a big splash and get the pitchers that they need to firm up that rotation, and bullpen arms as well, then he's 100% right. It's going to be a repeat of a lot of what we did we had going on this year. Mm-hmm. But if the Cardinals do shore up the pitching, that offense can bang. And so I think that the Cardinals are a better team. So as it sits right now, I, b- I believe the rankings he has are correct. Talk to me, though, at the end of free agency Mm
4: -hmm.
3: and let's see let's revisit it at that point that's where I'm at
2: yeah I agree with that you can't to me I I think he's a little high in the Reds but again I understand why because they got a young offense they can bang too if you look at the Cubs the Cubs had until the end of the season I I thought the Cubs were going to actually snake snake it from I thought they're going to snake the division from the Brewers but they collapsed (laughs) in the final couple of weeks but when you look at their pitching staff and you're talking about Justin Steele, a Cy Young candidate this year, and they also have. They, I would imagine, they're going to bring back Marcus Stroman, and we'll see if he he does come back. But you've got a pitching staff right now that is better for the Cubs than than the Cardinals. Yeah, but I agree with you. By the end of the off season, I wonder if Jim Bowden did this exercise again. Where where the Cardinals would rank? That's how much. And I'm uh, this is an earth shattering news. Everybody knows this. But that's how much John Mosaylock and the DeWitts can turn the tides here with one proactive sense of urgency offseason.
3: Expensive.
2: It's going to be expensive, but in one offseason, because of the work that they did with the the offense and building this offense, they can turn the tides quickly. Can they get free agents to come here? Can you outbid other teams? Will you outbid other teams? And will the young pieces like Jordan Walker and Mason win? and he didn't include them, but Nolan Gorman, can they continue to develop?
3: So here's a question I have that <clears throat> I don't know why it hasn't popped into my head before now, but just as you were talking about it popped into my head, is, is the job is going to be that much harder to lure guys here now. Like the Cardinals before... You know, we always joke, oh, the, the free zoo and whatnot. Okay, great, but you could always sell the fact that we're always in it. Like right. You, you sign with you sign with the Cardinals. Hey, anything's possible. We can make a run. Look at second most World Series in ever, Bob. Mm-hmm. And we're also a team that's won not too long ago. To, you know, and we're in the playoffs every year, division every year. So you look at that as a player, and you go, okay, yeah. I mean, I, I'd like to go there playing a team that's competitive, and if I get hot, if Arenado gets hot and Goldie gets going, hey, maybe we have a chance at this thing. Now, though, the the task is way different. You have a last-place team that has no leverage. So if I'm Aaron Nola or Blake Snell or any free agent pitcher, I'm going, okay, Mo, give me a number. Well, no, we were hoping that you would have an ask. No, give me a number you need to wow me because you need me Mm -hmm. and your team sucks without me and without another guy, without another guy. So the the task this off season of just going out and getting a free agent, it's going to be way harder than I think anybody actually realizes. This is where I wonder if John Moselock is going to have to pivot and hopefully they do before it's too late and make a trade. Maybe the ace that they go to get, or the the number one, is via trade because free agent market you have no leverage.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: What have you What have you got? Money? So do the Yankees. So do the Dodgers. So do the Giants. Give me something else here. Right. So I think that's where it could fall apart, and it may not be any of John Mozaylock's fault. He might be offering the same amount of money. He might be offering more money, but the players like nah. I don't believe in you, and mm-hmm. I don't believe in that team. Right. So it could be harder than that,
2: I expected. Yeah, that's a good point, Jamie. I also think that this is why you have to simultaneously make sure that you're aware of the guys looking for rehab contracts. And I don't think the Cardinals have done a, a good enough job in that's a that that is an untapped market. What What was the biggest acquisition for the Cubs last year? It wasn't Dansby Swanson. Cody Bellinger. It was Cody oh, Bellinger yeah. on a one-year rehab deal. We'll call it a rehab deal. This is a market the Cardinals have not explored. Albert doesn't count.
3: Well, they tried it with Corey Dickerson.
2: And he doesn't count.
3: Albert Pools. Albert <laughs> yeah, but Pools. he was the same kind of thing. I'm just giving you a reference. But
2: point. he was he was I'm uh, just,
3: but I'm what I'm trying to show you is the miss on it.
2: Right. Yeah. I would, I would just, I would put him in a. That wasn't a good, that wasn't a good signing category. Okay, Anthony,
3: I get it. You hate what I said. Okay. I, if I could take it back, I would. But, you but can't I can't. Go back. So can we just keep the feet moving?
2: I don't count Albert Pujols in a one year. Do- he was only going to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals waited until Juan Yepes didn't have a good jump to the spring, and then brought him back. So he don't count for like the one year well, pillow contract.
3: And then we're kind of regretting it up until the All Star game.
2: Sure. I'm talking about guys that were injured this year or did not have good years, and they need you, too. What you just described of, you, you're you in last place. Why would I go to you? You need to have an eye on those guys, the top-end guys, yeah, as well as the one-year deal. But
3: who are those guys? That's such You've a got, risk, Anthony. It's a huge risk. It's a massive risk.
2: But why would you limit yourself oh. when it comes to
3: I'm not saying you limit yourself. I'm just like sitting there going, "Holy crap!" If they add a guy that had a crap season, and it's on a one-year deal, but then they treat it like he's part of the rotation, I think your your idea is great. If they treat it as though if this player makes it, great. If he doesn't, who cares? Yeah, it's irrelevant because we're still going to have more pitching.
2: Right. Yeah. It's a, but if I'm they treat it's a it as an official. Yeah.
3: If they treat it as an official like signing, like this guy's going to be in a rotation, he's going to have a bounce back year. That's wrong.
2: No, I, what I'm saying is, you treat it like it, it it is a compliment to your other signings. Yes,
3: okay, I'm on board for that. Yeah,
2: not not your main signings. Not instead of. No, your gotcha. it's your compliments, guys that 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 need you as much as you need them. The Cody Bellinger. Hey, let me rehab my value here, and then we'll see where we're at. There's a lot of those guys that do this. Josh Donaldson a couple years ago.
3: Yeah, pitching though. Think pitching.
2: Uh, Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon was hurt.
3: Do you have the ability? Does your scouting staff have the ability to evaluate properly? Because that's been the biggest question mark.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. If you don't, then they're screwed anyways. I know. But I'm just saying that is that is an untapped. Mark. I, I feel like the Cardinals are so one. You know, they're they're so short sighted. They don't do enough in the international market they're not active in the trade market then it comes a free agency and they're really not active in free agency I love that their model is draft and develop that should be your bread and butter but you cannot pass up on the other markets because this season we saw why and it's not just free age your fans are going to concentrate on the free agent market there's a there's a vast majority like the, there, this market is not just top end guys find find one or two of those guys and then don't go to the bargain bin but find guys that need to rehab their value jamie you know what's that what that's like i know playing on a one-year deal oh, yeah. looking for a contract
3: yes yeah, most of my career on a one-year deal
2: how'd you play <laughs> how hungry were you
3: <laughs> yeah hungry
2: so that's kind of where i'm at on that all right it's fascinating on one. espn jordan love screwed us is the jury already out on him We'll talk about it next. I want to win this bit. The
4: smartest way to do your part.
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Tom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: So, Jamie, you uh, you hit on it. Uh, you said uh, it's Anthony's guy when, we, when I teased Jordan Love. It was, and you better you better not jump off at this point. I fully admit. See, one, one thing that I like to do, uh, Jamie. I don't think you can talk about that here. Something else I like to do, oh, okay.
3: Jamie, right.
2: is I like to see where the masses are going. And if the masses are all on one side, mm. say, okay. Let me, go, let me go in another direction here. Do you know why, Jamie? Why is that? Because none of us in this room or listening right now no anything. We really don't. Hmm. We like to highlight the things we get right and put the things that we got wrong in a trash can.
3: Yeah. they make us look bad.
2: That didn't happen. Yeah. This happened. Yeah. So as we circle back to Jordan Why Love. Why would we
3: highlight the things we get wrong?
2: That'd be fair and balanced.
3: <laughs> Who wants that?
2: Okay, good call. I was wrong about Jordan Love. What? I looked at, I looked at everybody lining up. To jump on that Lions bandwagon. People were breaking kneecaps to jump on the Lions bandwagon this offseason. That I looked at the rest of the NF- NFC North and said, "What direction can I go that is opposite?" I didn't like the Bears at all, as you knew. Yeah. And I thought, Vi- I thought the Vikings, Marsh's Vikings, unfortunately, were due for that regression to the mean category. A lot of wins by you know one possession wins last year. It tends to go the other way the following year. And unfortunately for Marsh's Vikings, that's exactly what happened. So what's left? The Packers.
3: Or and the thought, Lions, but you're banned.
2: Well, no, I'm talking about the start, at the start of the year. Like I said, I saw the masses all lining up for the Lions. Said, I'm going to go this
3: way.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So I thought to myself, you got Matt LaFleur. Jordan Love is now in his fourth year. He knows the offense. I'll go with the Packers. One of the reasons why I picked the Packers to win the NFC North I also didn't believe in the Lions defense I was wrong about that and I did believe in the Packers overall roster the 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 offense is incredibly young and the defense is actually pretty decent but they're on the field a lot and when your quarterback throws three interceptions including one absolutely atrocious one in the first half mm. you're screwed and Jordan love has had opportunities to win games this season in the fourth quarter one in Atlanta and one last night in Vegas and he didn't get it done. I think losing Aaron Jones is a huge deal, but when you throw when you when you see his his downfield passing, it's not there. He doesn't throw with anticipation. He doesn't throw with accuracy. I and mean, we're talking about somebody that's completing about 55% of his passes right now in today's NFL. That's not good. I'm not saying this is it and the jury is completely out on him, but he he is he is either behind or really slow with his development right now. And I don't see this changing anytime soon with, with, with Love in the
3: Packers. Do you think the, the expectations were too high? <clears throat> no, because I think the
2: expectations were rather low.
3: Okay, fair enough. Uh, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wording that wrong. Um, did we expect too much from a guy who's never played before? Like everyone. In hindsight, I probably did. Yeah. Because he's, he's started a total, I think, of seven NFL games. Mm-hmm. At this point. I believe that's the number. Yeah. He's two and three right now in his you know, rookie season.
2: I think you're on to something. Can I rephrase the question a little bit?
3: Go ahead. Play with it all you want, Anthony.
2: After, well said, Jamie. After five games, did we expect too much? So I was thinking about your question based on the offseason, but after five games of a guy that's basically a fourth year rookie, Have we expected too much? Well,
3: I look at him and I compare him to Zach Wilson. Like, if you had to pick one or the other right now, who are you picking?
2: Probably Jordan Love.
3: That's my point. Yeah. And Zach Wilson's had a full NFL season of at least development. I know he didn't play the whole season, but, like, he was the the guy doing first offense reps and doing all that stuff. And Jordan Love has been behind a Hall of Famer. Mm Mm-hmm and now he's just literally been given the ball here kid go get him right he's going to i think there're going to be some obstacles there're going to be some speed bumps along the way because you can only practice certain things at a certain level yeah and now teams who are watching film on him are throwing curveballs or wrenches into things or the green bay offensive system like they're picking it apart a little bit they're testing the kid yeah. i was one at the start of the season that did not believe he was going to be uh, live up to the hype but now when i watch yeah, I, I do have a, a feeling that let's still give it time because he is a talented player, but he's figuring things out in real time right now.
2: Yeah,
5: I think we're ex- we expected too much after seeing what he did against the Bears, a and now defense. that we know sure. what the Bears are, at least through the first five weeks. Granted, they won on Thursday. However, when we look back, we could probably say. Mm, Was it that impressive? They played the Bears, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about it yesterday. Was Mizzou's win over K-State that impressive? Well, we thought it was at the time, but now looking at it now, K-State's really not that good. Hey, bite your
3: tongue. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a big win. M-I-Z. Let's
2: get his Mizzou t-shirt on today for those watching via the air. Yeah. Alliance team YouTube channel.
3: I paid a lot of money, Anthony. You certainly did, Jamie. For this t-shirt. Yeah, it's a nice t-shirt. And I don't mean money at the store where I bought it. Yeah i made money at the university. Sure. got a daughter who graduated four years. Yes. Proud of her. Damn right. A lot of money for this Mm
2: T-shirt.
5: You earned that T-shirt. Don't you
3: dare talk like
5: that. Meanwhile, I'm getting chirped on the text line for supporting SLU.
3: Oh, I didn't know we had a battle. We had a a local battle here.
5: I mean, I didn't even go to SLU, but I think this is a sweet. Yeah, it's a nice pullover. Yeah.
3: How much you pay for that?
2: None.
5: I didn't pay anything for it.
3: That's the best part. Free 99. Free 99. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: I'm supporting uh, Striking Out Cancer, you are. Jason Mott's yeah. fan, foundation. I also have a shirt. These are awesome.
3: Is that the cornhole one? No. Oh.
2: This is his Strike Out Cancer shirt. Is I, it the I Cardinals color?
3: Yeah, because I, I, he does the cornhole thing. He does. And I thought maybe you were doing that too.
2: Nope. Is it cornhole
3: or is it bags? Bags. Uh, it's called a cornhole tournament. And from Canada, I can tell you this. Uh, we don't call it cornhole up there.
2: Do you call it bags, yeah, or something else.
3: No, we call it bags. Yeah, yeah.
2: sandbags. I've always gone. I've always gone bags. Yeah, do
3: Not sure where the cornhole
2: comes from. Or washers, if you're actually using washers, and you got yeah.
3: the, the
2: little thingy. there. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, Jordan loves stinks. Jordan loves stinks. He cost us a, a week in the NFL pickup challenge.
3: And, We're and now the uh, Raiders 3-2. tried to give it to him too.
2: They tried hard.
3: That was a battle of two teams that literally didn't want to win.
2: Mm-hmm. You know. When Jeff Saturday goes into Vegas last year and he beats you, you got to win that game for the Packers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if Jeff Saturday and the Colts go into Vegas and beat you, Jordan Love, you got to win that game.
3: Jeff oh. Saturday, poor guy. He did. He's back on TV, got his job back.
2: He's his... great. I love him. I yeah. love him as a TV personality, but it, what the guy wasn't a head coach. He beat the Raiders last year. He did. Well, thank goodness the Packers were – Putting their best
5: defensive players on Devontae Adams last night. Oh, oh yeah. Wait. How about that? They had a linebacker there. What?
2: Good good what luck. That? Good luck with that. And the defense actually played what did you hear what Jair J- uh Alexander said? Jair Alexander yeah. Alexander. He goes. And he wasn't I understood what you're saying because he continued. He wasn't completely throwing the offense under the bus, but he goes, you know, as a defense, we just we this we we can't we can't allow touchdowns. <laughs>
3: Because we're not going to score points. Because
2: not, we, we, yeah, no, this is a challenge for us defensively. We just can't, we can't allow, we can't allow touchdowns. It's a subtle hint. But they, I mean, he did say he's like, because the offense is young, they're, 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 they're trying to find their mojo right now. But we as defense, we got to step up. We can't, if you're, if one of your best defenders is saying we can't, we can't allow touchdowns to be scored, you got some trouble. I've, got some issues. I've
5: noticed. These are two separate sports, but I've noticed, and I'm sort of on the fly putting this together, when someone says this team is young, I think it's a hint at this team is not good. Mm-hmm. Because Nolan Arnato said the same thing earlier in the year. Whoa. He said we have a young clubhouse.
3: Yeah.
2: He
5: well, did. He two. doubled
3: down on that, And too. that
2: team was not good. I wonder if there's a translation. As it turned out, uh, no, not good at all. Blues and Stars, Thursday night, pregame right here at 6 o'clock. Are the Blues better or worse on paper this season compared to last? Jamie will break that down for you next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Jamie, yesterday we talked about the Blues' final roster and the moves, the the cuts, everything like that, and how it impacted things moving forward. What if we look to the Blues' roster this year, compared to last year, and say, all right, is this roster better or worse on paper? Because I think some people have made the argument that it's the exact same, and then there are others that say, well, it was actually probably better a year ago. In fact... This is a piece from The Athletic talking about the Blues roster. You said why they're here, and, and Marshy ranked them, what, in the, the bottom half, I think? It was, uh, it was like in that middle
5: tier of teams, okay, so, so not the bottom feeders, but
2: it was the middle tier. The middle tier of NHL teams. And they're on the cusp. Why they're here, because I'm not sure if they're rebuilding or not, and I'm not sure that Doug Armstrong is sure. On paper, they're worse than last year's opening night lineup, maybe by a lot, and we know how that went. I'll stop there. Do you agree with that statement? That they're worse roster-wise on paper this year than than a year ago?
3: Yeah, I'll agree with that. But it's easy. You just pull up the stats. Pull up the stats from two off-seasons ago coming off of career year for Vladimir Tarasenko. First time he eclipses 80 points. Mm -hmm. Ryan O'Reilly didn't have a career year, but still had a really good year. Still one of the best two-way centermen in all of hockey. And then you had Ivan Barbashev. Coming off a 26 goal campaign, so yeah, yeah, you look you know, at those three guys. You, I, we didn't really replace those three guys, right? But your roster, the the fact that you had those guys doesn't mean your roster was better. You know, on paper, it sort sure lo- it, it looked that way. But is the fit better now? I think that's the biggest the biggest question slash discussion to have, mm-hmm. because Kevin Hayes comes in here and. You know, Kevin Hayes should be a 70- to 80-point guy. Should be. Maybe falls in the 60-point range. He's your replacement for Ryan O'Reilly's points. Let's just say that. You've got um, Oscar Sundquist. He's your Barbashev replacement. Not point-wise, though. The job he does. He can play the penalty kill. He can play physical. He can play up your lineup. I don't think he has the... The top end offensive ability that Ivan Barbyshev has. I think Barbie took some massive steps in the last couple of seasons. But overall, you got a player who can kind of do, you know, plug the holes where need be. The biggest thing for the Blues is going to be does Robert Thomas or Jordan Kyrou, do they emerge as two guys that can get to that 90 to 100 point plateau? If they do, then this team is better. They're better because Vladimir Tarasenko, everybody loves to talk about. Big Daddy Vladdy's numbers over the years. He only once eclipsed 80 points. That's not elite, guys. Mm -hmm. It's not. Matthew Kachuk had what 116 points last year? That's elite. Never mind Connor McDavid, Leon Drysider. Those guys are elite. So Vladdy was never elite. Was he one of a top tier guys of goal scores? Yes. Was he consistent as a goal scorer? Yes. But he wasn't elite. So Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo have the opportunity to kind of tickle that elite category. If they get up to 100 points or anywhere close to it, that, they're in the club. And if that's the case, then this roster looks a lot different. And Pavel Buchnevich, if he's healthy for 82 games, last year he ended up with five points above being a point-of-game guy. So if he plays 82 games and he gets 90 points, like that's a difference maker too. So, but again, all that is in the future; hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas the other way, when you look at it, it was stuff that happened in the past, so it was easy to evaluate if the team was good on paper. So that's the kind of the way I look at it. No, Marsha, you had a question in the office too mm-hmm. about if you know you questioned about if they would re- army would rebuild this team.
2: Well, can I, can I comment real quick on the roster before you head in that direction? Because yeah. I know you want. We've got other thoughts here on that uh, from that article from mm-hmm. the Athletic. But Jamie, you're just talking about the roster. Here's the way I look at it, because I know we've, got, we've gotten some pushback on this, and it's like, hey, it's either a worse roster or the same roster. Why are you guys predicting that they're, they're a playoff team this year? Again, Jamie and I are not saying they're a cup contender or a, a team that's going to make a deep run. We're saying the expectation should be that they make the playoffs. I believe that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: I wouldn't say it if I didn't believe it. But when I look at the roster, it's not about collecting talent. We fall for that as fans. I fall for that. It's not about collecting talent. It's about building a team. That's what it's about. The 2019 Blues were about team. Not necessarily collecting talent. Did they have talent? Of course. But they won with a, a goaltender that they had, they had a loan for, to the Boston Bruins at one point. It was about building a team. So when I look at this team compared to last year's team, what I don't see is a bunch of guys on expiring deals not knowing what their futures are. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'm going to offend people here, some people. And I'll just apologize right now because some people can't separate the career with what we saw recently. But we do, you do not have a player in Vladimir Tarasenko that's sitting there on the bench or in the, in the locker room not wanting to be there. Or wanting to do things as an individual to get out. That's not a referendum on his entire career. Again, I'm going to upset people when I say this. Why are you talking about Blues legend? I'm not talking about his career. I'm talking about last year. And what is the domino effect of a player like that being in your locker room? Two years ago, wasn't an issue. Last year, not so sure. And I'm not saying that he was the reason why the Blues didn't make the playoffs last year. You know why. The defense faltered. The five-on-five, five five, you weren't good enough.
3: Oh, special teams. Special
2: too. teams are terrible. You had other issues, but moving forward here, can your defense recover? Can the guys that you paid and gave all those, you know, the big time money to, and the no movement contracts and all that, or no trade clauses, can they rebound to what their career numbers are? Can Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas and these other guys take that next step? Can and Pavelec do what he did last year? You have a team here. Uh-huh. Not just a collection of talent. All right, we're gonna continue this conversation because there was another interesting note in the athletic about a potential teardown that I want to get your thoughts on next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
1: we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN 301. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So we're just talking about this athletic article about the NHL season and uh, 2023-24 predictions. We read off the part about the roster, and we talked about the roster. But this, this was the other thing that caught our attention. If they get off to a slow start, writes this athletic writer, it feels like Craig Berube is gone and Armstrong tears it down even more. Then again, this team has made us look ridiculous for counting them out before, so I'll pump the brakes just a little bit here and keep them out of the bottom feeders. Oof. One, I don't see, I don't see them getting off to necessarily a slow start. I, I don't know if they come out of the gates and you know win eight of their first ten.
3: Well, Anthony, it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough first game of the season as the Dallas Stars are predicted to be one of the best teams. Yeah. So it's going to be a good challenge for the Blues.
2: Certainly. But if they get off to a if they if they get off to a horrible start, I think that's a little bit different. But let's say let's say they get off to I don't know 500 start in the first month of the season.
3: Nothing wrong with that.
2: I don't see I don't see a teardown.
3: No, here's why you're not going to see a teardown. Okay, contract situation. You have too many guys on long term deals. Army cannot tear this down. He just simply cannot. You've got eight years of Cairo and Thomas. You've got four more years of Braden Shen. You've got three years, including this year, of Brandon Sod. You have three years, including this year, of Kevin Hayes. You go to the defense. You got four years at six point five for Falk and Krug. You've got another seven years of Colton Pareko. You got three years of Nick Letty. So you, even
2: even if you wanted to, you even can't if you wanted tear that to rebound.
3: down. and you got Jordan Bennington for four years. Yep. You can't tear that down. You'll have to continue to retool if things don't go your way, and at some point you'll have to just be patient with the development process of Jake Neighbors, Zach Bolduke, Zach Dean, other players that are on the up upcoming for the Blues. So there cannot be a teardown. You're not going to buy out all these contracts. You're right. not going to trade, and if your team is not playing well, it's going to be difficult to trade certain guys that are high dollar amount. hmm So I think what Army's done is the smart thing. He went out to just like your baseball stuff, your Cody Mm Bellingers. He picked up two Cody Bellingers in Kapanen and Verona, and they proved to be uh, up to the task last year. He picked up another one called Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay now playing in third line. He couldn't even get in the lineup for the Rangers. Never even scored a goal for the Rangers. He had nine after coming here last year. Mm -hmm. So This is why you can't do a full teardown and a full rebuild, is you have too many dollars and too many years committed to current players.
5: And what bugs me about this little excerpt in the article, at the beginning of it, and we touched on it last segment, uh, Sean McIndoe, who's the writer, says, why they're here, because I'm not sure if they're rebuilding or not, and I'm not sure that Doug Armstrong is sure. Doug Armstrong has been very clear about what direction this team is going in. Whether or not they do get off to a slow start, the, the blueprint is there for Doug Armstrong. He's going to stick to it mm-hmm. until it gets to a point where maybe they do need to shuffle things around. But he's been pretty clear that this team is not going into a rebuild. If they need to move some pieces around to keep that retool there, Maybe he does, but like Jamie said, the contract situation doesn't really allow for that. So I think the Blues know exactly what kind of team they are and what direction they're going in.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good point. And maybe it's just a case of a national guy looking at it and saying, well, I don't know if this is a retool or rebuild, so maybe they don't either. Mm-hmm. But you're right, Marsh. He is, he has been, Army has been steadfast in it. Mm-hmm. We are retooling on the fly. Jamie, to your point about the contracts, everybody's under contract right now. Pretty much. The key guys are, anyways.
3: Your core, your foundation is under contract.
2: This is it. I mean, they, they've our, what Army did was he looked at the situation and said, okay, I'm going to bank on us being able to correct the issues that we had a year ago with really no out. This is it. I signed these guys for a reason. I gave the contracts to these guys for a reason. And up until last year, they, they proved right so this is what we're going with
3: moving forward yeah, and look i like the lineup i do the players have to play better the the onus is on the players here and the best part is the players know it talking to these guys they know last year wasn't good enough for veteran guys who've earned these contracts you don't think they're ticked off with the way it went last year you don't think they're a little embarrassed? that the, all that went down the way it did, that they literally had to do a whole retool and mm. reevaluate and whatever because of these players, because they weren't able to consistently get the job done. It's a motivated group this year. Does it mean they're going to win a Stanley Cup? I don't know. But I do know that this team's going to play hard. And the one thing that I've seen so far from these guys is that they're willing to work hard for each other and play hard for each other already in this early season. And usually that takes time to build. And I feel like they're ahead of the curve right now in that specific direction.
5: When you look at this team and how it's constructed, what's a good year to, at least for the listeners, to sort of compare to? Is 2019,
3: is that just too much too much talent on that team. Too mm-hmm. much talent on the back end for, for, to compare us to that team. And, you know, you had here, – here's the difference is, you know, you had Robert Thomas, who was an accent piece on the third line. Mm-hmm. You had good depth on your team. But, like, some of your most talented players were your hardest workers. Like Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, two of your hardest workers, they're most ta- part of your most talented group there. Tarasenko, he had a good year. Played hard that year. You know, Braden Shen always plays hard. So I, I don't like 2019 as a comparable. Can, can we say that the roster construction is similar? Maybe the off-brand mm-hmm. of 2019. I think we can say that because you don't have an Alex Petrangelo. You don't have a Jay Bolmeister. Like Those guys were big pieces to that defensive core, figuratively and liter- literally as well. But you've got the off-brand pieces, right? You've got Nick Letty. You've got Justin Falk. So you do have a similar roster construction as you did in 2019. And if the team plays as a team or even close to what 2019 did, did as a group, then this team will be competitive in the Central Division. They'll get into the playoffs and there'll be a big headache for somebody, specifically if Jordan Bennington can get hot.
2: Mm. Well, the season starts. In Dallas on Thursday night, we'll have the coverage for you right here on 101 ESPN. Should be a lot of fun. A uh, couple of news, news and notes here from the NFL. Things got worse for Marsh's Vikings earlier today as Justin Jefferson was placed on injured reserve. He's got a hamstring injury that's going to cost him at least the next four games. Minnesota has, what are they, 1-3 and three right now? 1-4. and 1-4. and four. They've got the Bears coming up. 49ers, Packers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, then the Bears again, then the Raiders. This schedule isn't that daunting, Mm-mm. but you you do have to wonder what the direction is with Kirk Cousins. I know there's been a lot of chatter. Here's the problem about – and, and our guy Grant Francis just asked, hey, what, what have your Falcons made a trade? Here's the issue with the Kirk Cousins deal. You have to find a team that has the cap space to acquire Kirk Cousins – Feel good about getting him up to speed in their offense and then turning him loose. That's a that's a pretty big gamble, and when you're talking about cap space or lack thereof, that limits the the, the choices. He's not going to the Jets. You know that was that chatter early on. What about the Jets? And I know I brought it up too, without looking at the cap situation. They're not going to fit. They're not going to be able to fit Kirk Cousins under their cap.
5: Well, and by the time that he would probably be ultimately traded, that team's going to be out of contention.
2: Right. So, I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going anywhere. And you have to wonder, too, whether or not, you've brought this up before, if Justin Jefferson says, I'm not interested in a long-term deal then. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. And trade I'm, him,
3: too. I trade him, too. Well, let's get rid of him now. Well, if you don't have a quarterback. That's true. I'm just saying. If you're going to go into a rebuild with a brand-new young quarterback or something like that. You'd want it, Justin of Jefferson. Of course, you'd then. want him, but you'd have to sell him on the
2: idea of that. Yeah, true.
3: If not, then you you cut your losses and trade him. there's not a team in the league that wouldn't line up for him
2: oh big time you also have to wonder though about the where where the vikings are going to wind up are you going to be bad enough to get one of these top quarterbacks or do you just keep going with kirk cousins knowing that he's not the problem he's not the problem the turnovers have been a big problem this year and he's he's part of that a big part of that what
3: if he makes his way to new england
2: that'd be an interesting fit
3: I'm. I'm not joking. Someone put it on the text line here too, New England. But I thought about that the other day. What quarterbacks could maybe make their way to New England?
2: I mean, they have more than enough cap space. What do you think, Marsh?
5: Send them to New England? No. Okay. No, we'll keep them. Uh, Jordan Addison, welcome to the show, buddy. You're the new wide receiver one, in my opinion. (laughs) Just go deep. Kirk will find Mm you. TJ Hawkinson, catch the football. Alexander Madison. Move over, Cam (laughs) Akers. Welcome to the squad.
2: Yeah. Boy, that's been disappointing. The Alexander Madison thing has been really disappointing. The only good thing is, is Dalvin Cook has not panned out for the Jets. No, he's been awful. They they got it right by saying, we're just going to move on from Dalvin Cook, because he's been terrible. But they moved moved into a a situation where you say, Madison doesn't look any better as a starter.
5: You know what, though? The one thing I'm slightly encouraged by is that the defense doesn't look awful they've played well enough to keep you in games it's been a every single game's been a one score game mm-hmm. and the offense hasn't been necessarily lights out like they were last year they've turned you, the
2: ball over you move the ball and you turn the ball over exactly all right it's fascinating on 101 espn will the cardinals actually increase spending we'll talk about that next on 101 espn According to ksdk.com the cardinals plan to be aggressive in returning to the club's winning ways in 2024 with plans to increase payroll even as the club budgets for a decrease in revenue next season president builded with third set we do believe when we're looking toward 2024 we're trying to compete, DeWitt said in an interview Thursday. Those offseason plans come as the Cardinals in 2023 experience their first losing season since 2020 uh, since 2007, finishing last in the National League Central Division. We're trying to be aggressive in ensuring that it's a one time blip for us. That, according to DeWitt. Do you guys think that the Cardinals will be willing to spend this offseason? Cause I do. I think they'll be willing.
3: Yeah, I absolutely I absolutely believe the Cardinals are willing to spend. I said this all season long that the DeWitt family is not accustomed to owning a losing franchise. Mm-hmm. And the fan base here can be as irate as they want to be because they feel like the DeWitts never go for it or they don't spend and whatnot. Their spending has been relatively accurate based upon their revenues that they bring in baseball-related, because people like to spread that out, like to fan that out a little bit, the branches of the tree, and they like to take up every other opportunity, every other business model that the DeWitts have and you know make them use that money for baseball, even though maybe it's not even a baseball company or a branch of baseball. Either way, getting back to the point, I don't think they liked being embarrassed. Like I don't know Mr. DeWitt or Bill DeWitt Jr., Very well. I do know Bill DeWitt III. He's a competitive dude. He is. Got to know him very well over the last, I don't even know how many years. He comes out, loves hockey, skates with the Blues alumni. He's a competitive dude. He gets into it with guys out there. Like, I'm not joking. And so I can tell you that if he's saying that, it's because the family feels that way. Mm. And you don't have to like what I'm saying right now. You don't even have to believe what I'm saying. I'm just telling you, Knowing the individual who's part of that ownership group, I believe it's, it's going to be an offseason where they're willing to spend. Now, will they be able to get the players that they want? That's the bigger question. Because I do believe they're ready to sign the checks for that. But the obstacle is going to be getting Aaron Nola, getting uh, Sonny Gray, getting whoever, to say, yes, I want to be a Cardinal. That's going to be the biggest challenge.
2: Uh, I agree. That's why That's why I love when you said willing. I kind of harped on that as well. Uh, by the way, Sonny Gray off to a rough start right now. Game three between the Twins and the Astros. Minnesota, even the series with the Astros on Sunday, had Gray on the hill first inning, top of the first. He's already allowed four runs. Three of them were earned. Struck out two thus far, but the Twins are already trailing the – Astros for nothing. But uh, Sonny Gray's been sensational, so we don't one game's not going to determine anything. But Jamie, I'm with you. Look, it's one thing to be willing, it's another thing to head into the offseason and have those same free agents that you're interested in be interested in you. It's what it's like we've always said. It's free agency. They're free to sign with whoever they want to. You can't force them to come to St. Louis. Even if you offer them the the, the biggest deal, the longest deal, you might meet their demands. And they still may choose to go back to Philadelphia or New York or go to Chicago or go to wherever because it's a bigger market or a more competitive, whatever it is. There's a multitude of reasons why a free agent might not sign with you. And you can sit here and say, well, you gave gave them the the highest offer. So what? Jason Hayward had a bigger offer from the Cardinals than he did the Cubs.
3: It doesn't guarantee he the fire.
2: Yeah, so it's one thing to be willing, and I think the i agree with you. I think the Cardinals are willing to do so because their model is now suddenly being threatened.
3: Well, and you can't
2: have losing season. I don't care how good the fan base is, Jamie, and it's this fan base here in St. Louis is fantastic. It's the best baseball fan base, and I'm not placating you right now. This is the best fan base in baseball. It is, but you're not going to stay. You're not going to put up with a losing team. There's no reason to. You'll still wear your Cardinals hat, You still, but you're not going to go to the ballpark. You're not going to spend your hard-earned money to see a losing team. You didn't this year, and I don't blame you. No, you're right. So your model now is being threatened for the first time. So that is another reason why I think they'll spend.
3: Yeah, the model's being threatened and your reputation, too. Mm-hmm. I know one season doesn't make, you know, uh, what would you call that? It doesn't define your era as an ownership group but when your your claim to fame is that we're always competitive when your claim to fame is we've always played meaningful baseball games right up until the last week of the season Mm -hmm. when that's pulverized because you didn't prepare accordingly in the off seasons plural leading up to this point i think you want to pivot yeah i think you want to change the narrative. I think, you know, I don't think the DeWitts sit there at home and worry about what our text line says about as far as if they're spending or not. But I do think in the baseball world, the baseball community, that they've been held in high regard. Hmm. And when you look at the roster that got sent out there this year and it, it failed as bad as it did, it stings. These people still are proud individuals and they've always had a good product to present to their fan base and league-wide, that took a massive hit this year. Mm-hmm. I do believe they'll spend the money. Their biggest obstacle is going to be selling that player on the fact that they're going to be back in the win column.
2: You know what the other hurdle is too, Jamie? Okay, let's say, let's say the, first, the first three guys on their wish list sign with somebody else. That's not an excuse to not have a, a, a plan B. What's your pivot? So let's say they have their their free agent wish list, and maybe it's Aaron Nola, Sunny Gray, and name your other you know mid tier starter that they like. They have their wish list. They're they're aggressive with all three guys, but they miss out on all three guys for whatever reason. What is your pivot now? What's your plan B? Because you can't go into next. You can't go into spring training with a couple of as much as i'm okay with the one year contracts you can't do the one year contract thing and then turn it over to the internal options because your internal options aren't ready uh-uh. and you can't go through an entire season with steven Matz, who has been nothing but injury prone for you the first two years of his four year deal miles michaelis who's coming off a down season and when he was bad he was really bad and then three internal options or two internal options and one bargain bin free agent So what is the pivot for if you miss on your top three guys?
3: Well, I think you definitely, as an organization, like, look, for me, being in the business world and also having coached at every level, you have your tiers. You have your wish list and then your backup plan and Mm -hmm. then your backup backup plan. And so if your wish list is Sonny Gray, Aaron Nola, and whoever. Give me another one. Kenta Maeda. Okay, there we go let's say that fails but what's your next list what's who's your, who are your next three and what order are they in mm-hmm. and then who are your next three and what order are they in that's what you have to do yep. you'd literally have if for me I would have 12 pitchers four groups of three and focus on that now you might have you know your your top tier guys and you get Sonny gray and you get Kenta Maeda and then you don't get Aaron Nola. So then you got to focus on tier two. Who's the best second tier that we have right sure. now that we can go sign and add them to the rotation? Mm-hmm. And then, okay, never mind signing. Who's the best available now? Now you've you're got a whole new category yeah. of pitchers you can trade for and rank them. And then once you do that and you check all the boxes that way, now if the walls start to fall down around you, it's not a panic. You have your backup plans. You have other players that you've scouted that you've done, ran all the numbers and the video and you, you, you should have, if you're the Cardinals, not should, you better have a massive stack of scouting reports for each and every single guy that's going to be on that list from first to 12th Mm. on that list. I want everything on that player. So that when I do make this decision, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm getting. The Wilson Contreras thing doesn't happen again in the pitching category this time, though. Right. So that's the way I would do
2: it. Yeah. Ultimately, I agree with you, Jamie. And ultimately, I'm not going to fault John Mozaylock for not landing Aaron Nola if Aaron Nola decides he wants to. He he, he only wants to pitch for the Phillies. I'm not going to fault Mo for that. There's nothing he can do in there in that situation. No. I will fault Mo for not having a backup plan. For saying, oh yeah, you know, I got too expensive, or these guys didn't want to come here. Nothing I can do. Nope.
3: Yeah, that that. But that won't fly. That answer is unacceptable. At this agreed. point, agreed. It's completely unacceptable. If I'm the Dewitts, I'm like, no, that's unacceptable.
2: Yeah, you got no. you got us into the spot here. Yeah, we're in this spot because of previous decisions. And he's like,
3: well, you got us in this spot because you didn't give me the money two years ago. Okay, fine. So let's both pull our heads out of...
2: Right, and fix this thing. Yeah,
3: exactly.
2: That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Again, Astros up 4 nothing in the bottom of the first inning. A rough outing thus far for Sonny Gray. Now we can get him on the cheap, guys. That's the way I look at this.
3: Oh, yeah. One you game it certainly defines everything.
2: It defines everything. That's mm-hmm. what we've always said. One game, small sample size. You take that small sample size and you really extract it throughout his entire uh, upcoming you know, career. That's how we do it here in the Fastlane. If you have a question for us, sports six-pack is next 314 9646 the air comfort service tax line or you can check out our air alliance team youtube channel at 101 espn stl you can leave his question in the chat room if you want to do that sports six-pack next
1: we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn the question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately.
4: Asking me all these weird questions.
1: Answer the question. Answer the question.
4: Answer
5: me.
1: The sports six-pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years.
2: Time for the Sports Six Pack here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you got a question, you can send it to the Air Comfort Service Tax Line at 314-399-9646 or via the Air Alliance Team YouTube channel at one hundred one ESPN STL. Marsh, question one, please. Question number one. All right, gentlemen, from the six one eight, would you rather
5: have Matt Olson and Austin Riley, or Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado? Matt Olson and Austin Riley.
2: We've lost Jamie. Oh, there he is. So so would Jamie. Yeah.
3: I mean, okay, a couple reasons. Younger. Yeah. Better. Um, wow. Eh. Offensively, so Matt Olsen had an absolute juggernaut yeah, of a season. Yeah, he was insane.
2: <sighs> yeah. I don't think this is... I, I love both the guys that the Cardinals have.
3: Can I have Olsen and Arenado?
2: No. <laughs> it's not the question.
3: Are they way above... I Goldschmidt, would do that.
5: Arnotto, like, what is the what is
2: the drop off there? Are they tight? I mean, we got we got to factor away? in. We also got to factor in. To me, the next three seasons, well, or that's, so. Okay, that, and then uh, it's it's a it's a no brainer.
3: It's splitting hairs, really, when it comes to talent of these guys currently. It, it really is now. Matt Olson. I mean, he had himself a hell of a year offensively, uh, but when you can consider everything the age two three years from now then you'd have to go with riley and olson yeah
1: not even a discussion no question number two from
5: the 636 jamie will have you answer this question because you are a Mizzou faithful yes. do you think luther burden could end up being a top five pick
3: Ooh, is he draft eligible this year anthony uh no okay so he has another year uh top five i think is high i think that's high is he a first round pick yes is top five i i think that's a stretch anthony
2: i don't think he gets into the top five but i think he could be a top 10 pick that'd be awesome he's a little undersized but not by not by much and you know teams teams now the way they play look at a look at uh saint brown for the lions with the way they utilize him he he rarely goes outside the numbers he's he's in the slot i think luther burden's probably going to play in the slot but when you're looking at nfl offenses now you know the nickel is the new defense it, it's it's not the new defense excuse me it is the standard defense now for all teams so you got to play in a nickel so that all that means that you usually have three wide receiver sets for most teams. So Luther Burden's Luther Burden's going to be a first round pick. I don't think he gets into the top 5.
1: Question number 3.
2: From the
5: 980, should there be a bonus or incentive per game to starters who go at least 7 innings in a game as a way to incentivize starters going longer than 5 innings? That would force starters to learn how to pitch longer in and force them to learn how to pitch instead of just throwing the ball with max effort. Go ahead, Jamie.
3: Yeah, this isn't the pitcher's fault.
5: There
2: you go.
3: This has nothing to do with them. I guarantee if you ask most pitchers, not all, because we, we're we learning things about some of these pitchers, that's for sure. Mm. But um, if you ask most of the pitchers, they don't want to hand the ball off. It's their game. Mm-hmm. That's what they've been training to do. That's what they're wired to do is pitch. And so... You know, it's not like you're trying to incentivize the player. Give a bonus to the manager. Leave him in there. Here's 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's my take on it is it's more of a manager slash analytics problem than player.
2: Jamie nailed it. Yeah. You're talking about teams, teams that have all the analytics in the world saying don't allow the pitcher to see the lineup a third time through. By the way, Zach Wheeler faces the Braves a third time through last year and the wheels start to fall off. It's not, oh, I it's not all crazy. Oh, didn't even try.
3: Yeah, you did.
2: There's something to it. You know, there's something to pulling the starter after a cert- certain amount. But to Jamie's overall point, uh, it's it, there's no incentive needed for the pitcher. It's incentive needed for the teams to stop, stop going with such a specialized game.
1: Question number four. From the
5: 314, do the Cards and Blues feel the pressure to get good quickly because of the instant success, atmosphere, and supposed 100,000 person long season ticket wait list for City?
3: Oh, I don't think they feel pressure at all when it comes to that. I think they're happy, they're excited to have another successful sports franchise. But, you know, St. Louis City's not pulling fans away from the Blues or Cardinals. I think that one thing, if nothing else, that we've learned in the infancy of this franchise is that soccer people are soccer people. That's bottom line. You'll get you'll get the crossover fan, like a baseball people going to the soccer games, whatnot. But the soccer faithful, like that's their number one. They're not worried about the Blues, not worried about the Cardinals, and that's just from the fans' perspective. I don't think Tom Stillman is sitting there worried about his bottom line or having to go get better free agents because St. Louis City SC is going to win the Western Conference. I don't believe that to go hand in hand. Nor do I ever believe that the Cardinals feel that way about their franchise when the Blues have success.
2: I um, agree. I mean, I I think you I would imagine that all ownership groups are rooting on the city, the other teams. So, I don't think that I don't think the players at all say, "Boy, did you see the wait list for City? We better start playing well. I, I think they take personal pride in playing well as an individual and and for their team. I think that's. I mean, it suggests like they're not. I don't know. No, I, absolutely not. I don't. I don't think there's any factor there. Jamie covered it. He's right.
5: And for the Blues, the majority of their season is not during the soccer season. Right. At least the MLS season. So. I mean, unless they make it to June, but if they're in June, that means now they're in the talking. Stanley Cup, right? And
2: city and city usually plays once a week. Yes. So there's there's really not an impact from even the Cardinals standpoint. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the city's city a great year. If the Cardinals are good, the fans will go to both. Mm-hmm. They'll go to both games. If if of course if of course if the timing and, and all that works out. But I think this city prides itself on being sports fans. You know that double dip we used to see with the Rams.
5: Oh yeah, Thursday night football. People baby. go to
2: Thursday night football and then you know head over to the head over to Bush Stadium watch a Cardinals game. So
3: no, we even get so. that when it's Blues playoff hockey and sure. Cardinal season's beginning. You get a Cardinal game in the afternoon, Blues game at night. Absolutely. People are just buckled walking <laughs> oh, yeah. around. Oh, yeah. Town.
1: <laughs> yeah, this
2: is a sports city. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. no impact.
5: Question number five. All right, guys, from the 314, do you think the MVP and Heisman should exclude quarterbacks and they get their own award? There's non-quarterback players having all-time great years for their position but getting no consideration for those awards.
3: Yeah, I do believe this. Yeah. I I do believe that because the quarterbacks, I mean, they have such an impact on the game, and so therefore everything that they do positive-wise, if they're having a big season, just eclipses. Yeah. The quarterback touches the ball every well almost 99% of every snap on the offensive side of things, so he's he's relevant to the game every single play. Mm-hmm. Where if you have a wide receiver who gets targeted, let's say seven times in a game, has five catches, 250 yards, and he's consistent like that, he's having a hell of a season. But it's a, a, just a fraction of the game. Yeah. So I, I would love to see some award that goes for you know maybe the highest-rated quarterback or the best statistics of the best quarterback mm-hmm. and then have a most valuable positional player that's not yeah. the
2: quarterback. I agree with that. I agree. It's very difficult to look at a team and say, this guy's having a great year for a team that's also playing well and not circle back to the quarterback and how he's playing. For example, look at Kansas City. Look at the Chiefs. This Chiefs team has underperformed offensively. Why? Well, because Travis Kelsey's been banged up. He's why distracted. are they? <laughs> He's distracted because that Taylor Swift is after his money.
1: Yeah, she wants she should his
2: leave fame him alone. and she wants his yeah. money. Yeah, I think that's just ridiculous, Jamie. Well said, Anthony. Thank you. But Patrick Mahomes, what? Why have they won? Because Patrick Mahomes. Are there other are there other players for Kansas City? That are playing very well? Yeah, but they're three and one, four and one because because of Mahomes. So that's very difficult. So I agree, Jamie. You'd have to you have to separate the two.
3: And if you pick the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, statistically, he's on IR. Or statistically, or i test, or whatever. Pick the best wide receiver, then go see who his quarterback is.
2: Exactly. Yep.
3: Chase Claypool's on IR.
2: Oh no! Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Justin Jefferson. Oh, okay. uh, But I forgot about Claypool, and I don't know why.
3: And I didn't yeah. mean like the best with the skill. I meant the best numbers mm. flat out.
2: Having the best season.
3: And yep. then you automatically usually have one of the best quarterbacks statistically as well.
2: Yes. Question number six. We made it.
5: From the 303 will Nolan Arnato I'm sorry, will Nolan Arnado ask for a trade out next season if the cards do not improve enough in the offseason and struggle early next season? Yeah, he might.
3: I could see it. Yeah
2: there's a there's a track record here he wants to win he stated that in Colorado thought that he had the Rockies front offices buy-in signed a long-term contract and quickly realized that they weren't committed to winning That's how we wound up in part here so if he feels as though that he's not gonna be playing for a contender for whatever reason and you know he gets frustrated by that situation sure he might might ask out he also opted back in multiple times mm-hmm. so we'll see hopefully the Cardinals have a big offseason we will not have to worry about it it's fascinating on 101 ESPN college football week six there was a lot going on we focused on Mizzou yesterday but the playoff picture that whole landscape may have shifted a little bit that's next on 101 ESPN
1: Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: So we spent yesterday talking a lot about Mizzou and their loss to LSU and certainly unfortunate for Mizzou. They had an opportunity to make, really make some noise in the SEC. SEC Not that they can't still do that. They've got plenty of opportunities coming up, including this Saturday against Kentucky. But when you look at the landscape in college football, guys, it's starting to get real interesting. And Marsh, you had said that you were kind of bored by the first couple of weeks of the season. There wasn't a lot of marquee games. Mm -hmm. But given how wide open it is, you're more intrigued as the weeks roll on. Yeah, there's a lot of teams
5: that I didn't expect to be here right now that are either undefeated or have one loss. So they make things interesting. I actually wish that the college football playoff was expanded this year because yeah. I think we would we would end up having a lot of fun towards the, uh, the end of the year. I'm with you on that.
3: Yeah, I totally agree with that. When you look at the number of teams that are still undefeated and the number of teams that have really good programs this year, it is a shame that it isn't expanded. Yeah yet you know what's what,
2: what i found interesting over the last i would say two weeks now is the one thing that the rankings were kind of lacking ironically because jamie you have often said this in previous seasons mm-hmm. about the top it was so top at you know, it is a one team they're dominant you almost know that they're going to win it all maybe you have another team in there that could upset the apple cart but really like two top end teams and that was always the argument against expanding the playoffs. Well, why would you expand the playoffs if if it's really, you know, two top end teams? But this year, I thought what was lacking was that standout. You didn't. You looked at these games. If you watch Michigan play the first couple of weeks, you're like, yeah, they're good, but they're kind of sleepwalking. Yeah. Georgia, for sure. Georgia, we walked the tightrope multiple games, but then last week, flexed their dominance. Oof. Michigan over the last two or three weeks now have flexed their dominance. I think that makes for better a better playoff run as we you know get deeper in October and certainly in November. Georgia and Michigan have, have they, they've cemented, hey, we are the top two teams. Ohio State goes on the road, beats Notre Dame and South Bend two weeks ago. They fall behind last week to, to a Maryland team that I believe was undefeated going into that game. And then took care of business. Florida State, even though they've walked the tightrope a couple of times, they remain un- undefeated. Oklahoma wins the Red River rivalry. Penn State. I still think Washington's criminally underrated. They're seventh. I think they could be fourth, mm. but they'll have their opportunities because they're they're gonna they're gonna play Oregon, who's right behind them. The top a lot of good teams. The top eight teams. Not only the are they undefeated they all bring something different to the table
3: well USC's undefeated and
2: USC yeah true good point USC fell behind 17-0 Arizona and because of that offensive firepower they came all the way back and Marsh I know you're not a big believer in USC I don't blame you with that defense mm-hmm. that defense was a question mark coming into the year it remains the biggest question mark but you know that they have the capability of hanging 40 on you any defense in the country they can hang 40 yeah. on you and then there's Alabama at 11 and they're still they're still 5-1
3: and they're, they're gaining momentum
2: They are They're starting to play better yeah. Each and every week
3: I wonder what kind of an impact It didn't really have an impact last year But I wonder what kind of an impact it has this year The Big Ten Championship hmm Like If whoever wins that game The team with one loss Are they done? You have Because a- you have so many teams now
2: Right You have You, you always Well since Ohio State and Michigan Have both been good Yeah you've always had kind of a de facto Big Ten championship and then the actual Big Ten championship. Yeah. Because Ohio State and Michigan cannot play each other in the – Twice, you're right. Right, they can't play each other in the I Big guess Ten that, championship. I what I
3: meant was that their matchup in particular.
2: 100%. No, yeah. you're right, because Michigan 2, Ohio State 3, Michigan's gotten them the last two years now. I think that it's, it's, it's very interesting to look at that matchup and then, can Penn State on the other side? Can they kind of hang around? You have not had that team from the other side, from the West. And I'm sorry, uh, Penn State's actually in the East too. The West has been the team. The, the conference has been down, or the division that's been down. Wisconsin is the best team. Wisconsin and Iowa are the two best teams in that in that West. Jeez, oh, they got to re- realign that.
3: Yeah, but I look at this as it's such an unfortunate thing. Uh, For Michigan and Ohio State in particular the last couple of years because they both had good programs, but now you throw Penn State into the mix. And, like, those teams deserve the opportunity to be in the playoffs, whereas, like, Georgia, SEC, who's the closest one to them?
2: In their division or in their conference? In this ranking. Oh, in this ranking. The next SEC team would be Alabama at 11.
3: That's what I thought. So like that the ramifications of these games of those games aren't as big where yeah. you're almost penalized for being really good you right, when you the, have two teams that are good
2: the sec has can it, the, the sec every year cannibalizes itself you will get that though in the big ten it just hasn't happened yet so for example let's just take michigan michigan will face penn state in happy valley on november 11th two weeks later they'll take on ohio state at the big house Ohio State, if you look at just their schedule, obviously they have Michigan at the end of the year. They have Penn State in two weeks. So that that trio will not be a trio very soon here. That trio will not be a trio in two weeks. I know. Somebody. Ohio State Which and Penn State is State's State's basically an elimination though. game.
3: It's kind of unfortunate the way it works. This is why I would argue again for expanded playoffs expanded
2: yep i'm with you i got no i got i got no pushback on that i don't understand we're gonna get that we're gonna get into this with the mlb postseason but just to kind of give you a little preview on my thoughts on that why would you eliminate the drama why would you try to it's to me the the argument has always been how what's the best way to crown a champion that's not that's not the argument for me in college football it is what is most entertaining the best way to crown a national champion probably is the damn computers. That's not exciting. Nobody wants to watch computers do their thing no. and crown a champion. Well, we know the regular season
5: champion is the champion.
2: That's soccer. Oh, I thought, it, yeah. I thought we were talking football. Well, we are, but a different football. Gotcha. Yeah, not football. We're talking about football. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're playing Premier League soccer. Yeah, they can do their thing. That They're, one guy said, though. Well, yeah, but he... He didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> Love that guy, though. He's from St. Louis. All right. Gauntlet is next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
2: 402, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex Jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh from Anthony Salzer. Time for the Gauntlet, and we welcome in Logan. What's up, Logan? Hey, what's going on, Anthony? Not much, man. Uh, first time in the gauntlet. It is, yep. Alright, welcome in. I, I was about to say, I don't think we've ever had a Logan before, so.
3: You wouldn't remember, anyways.
2: Why would you say that?
3: Because I know you. I care. I didn't say you didn't care. You just don't remember things
2: that's true. Logan, uh, your- your option here, man. Would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie, or myself? Or me?
6: Uh, let's go with you, Anthony.
2: Okay, sounds good. Uh, guys, believe it or not, I'm gonna take football if the wheel spins for me.
3: Okay. That's tough to believe. All right. Good luck, Logan. Thanks, Uh, you too. All right, Anthony's gonna make his way to the Cone of Silence again. Logan, we actually- we have an actual wheel here now. And, uh, Marshy, am I supposed to spin it? Yeah, you can spin it. Okay, I'll spin the wheel. And whatever category it lands on, uh, that's what we'll be playing today. But there are two specific spots on the wheel now where one is the fast lane pick and one is a listener pick. So if it lands on the listener pick, you pick the category. Is all that that crystal clear for you, Logan? That sounds good to me. All right, buddy. Well, here we go. I'm going to spin this wheel and see what we get. All right. Alright. What are you hoping for, Logan? Uh, I guess football. Football season. Football. That's Anthony's... That's right in his wheelhouse. Boy, I really gave this a spin, didn't I? I don't think this thing's going to stop. I don't know. We're, we're working on it here. I mean, it's still going. It is. It is. Alright. It's slowing down here a little bit. And it is... No, it's continuing to go. Wow, you really grease thing up. Yeah, okay. So, you know you picked... Oh! Oh, wow. So... You picked Anthony, and at one point it was hockey, and then it did one last little backspin rotation. Your category today is random. All righty. All right, Marshy, give us the questions. As Marshy's passing me the questions, each question is worth two points. Um, If you use the options and you answer correctly, it's worth one point. And of course, if you get it wrong, you just get it wrong, you get nothing for that. Ready to go, Logan? I'm ready. All right, here we go, bud. Question one: What was the first ever Pixar movie released? Oh man, I'm just gonna shoot and say Toy Story. Final answer?
6: Yeah.
5: Question number two: In what country is Machu Picchu located?
6: Machu Picchu, huh? Oh, that's uh. Oh,
5: that's that. Your options are Peru, Bolivia, or Argentina.
6: Oh, uh, that's Peru. Final answer? Yep. All
3: right, Logan, question number three. A camel with two humps is known as a Bactrian camel. What is a camel with one hump called? Wow. Uh, well, I guess some you of know the options... Alright, is it a wild camel, an alpaca, or a dromedary camel? Uh, The other two sounded kind of not right, so I'm gonna go with the third one. Dromedary? Yeah. Final answer? Yep. Thank you. Question number four. What national
5: flower of Malaysia is used to make a bright red herbal tea?
6: <laughs> uh,
5: Option. is it Lotus, Hibiscus, or Rosella?
6: Gotta be hibiscus.
3: Final answer? Final answer. Alright. Let's get Anthony back in here. I mean there's quite the variety of questions on that one. Yes what? Oh, my goodness. How do you think you did, Logan? uh 5050 we'll see how it goes all right well anthony's back here with us anthony how's it going to silence today
2: oh great uh mike ryder and i were having a spirited conversation about uh radio oh yeah
3: how how, how ironic i know
2: right Since yeah that's
3: what we do one of the first <laughs> times
2: i think ryder and i talked about radio oh huh. yeah okay but it was outstanding it's an outstanding conversation
3: well let's hope he packed you a lunch okay mm.
2: anthony all right what do we got hockey random
3: Random again? The wheel, it, it actually flipped to hockey and then kind of waded back and popped. I see football
2: is right there, and yep. the wheel just said, "Not today." Yeah, it doesn't like you. As much as I've gotten, as much thanks, Jamie. As much as I've gotten hockey, I may have gotten random just as much.
3: Probably not. All right, Anthony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Logan, uh, I think you did okay then, based on. <laughs> My confidence level right now with Jamie. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you.
3: Question number one, Anthony. What was the first ever Pixar movie released? Toy Story. Final answer. Oh, Sammy, serious? Yeah. Question Question number two. Bring out the best in you.
5: Question number two. In what country is Machu Picchu located?
2: Oh yeah, no, that's easy. It's absolutely easy. Let me go back to my geography class uh, back in the sixth grade um you know uh for some reason marsh uh the answer's not coming right to me and um just for time's sake i'll take the option (laughs) for sure i'll know it once
5: you say it (laughs) absolutely very selfless of you yeah is
2: it peru bolivia or argentina oh no doubt it's peru yeah as soon as you said it marsh i knew it uh final answer peru peru hmm
3: Question number three, Anthony. Mm-hmm. A camel with two humps is known as a Bactrian camel. What is a camel with one hump called?
4: Well,
2: let me go back to my um mm. Animalology class and uh think about that. You know what, for time's sake too. Let's just uh, can I have the options, please? Yeah,
3: good, good what idea. The hell is going Such on? a nice guy. Alright, is it a wild camel? An alpaca or a dromedary camel?
2: wild animal teams made up. What was the second thing? Alpaca. An alpaca is an actual animal if I if I if I'm correct on that. What was the third thing? Dromedary. We'll go with that.
3: Can you say it?
2: Dromedary. There we go. A dromedary camel. <laughs>
3: okay.
2: <laughs> Just based on elimination. Fair. I've never heard of it. I don't know what a one one-humped camel is, so that sounds good. I'll take the dromedary camel. Final answer. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Question number four. This is insane.
5: <laughs> what national flower of Malaysia is used to make a bright red
2: herbal tea? A bright red herbal tea? Uh, I don't know. Can I have the options, please?
5: Options are lotus, hibiscus, Rosella.
2: I think it's a picket. Hibiscus. Hibiscus. Final answer. Kenny Pickett, final answer. Kenny Pickett, final answer. (laughs) All right, Logan, are you serious with these? He didn't do it. I know, but I'm just I'm I'm confiding in Logan here who also went through the same gauntlet.
3: I'm trying to bond with Logan. I'm trying to bond with him. He doesn't want any part of it. Okay. Well, Anthony, uh,
2: we had very 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 similar answers, so. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Great let's... mindset. So we either bomb this thing or we we nailed or it. Can we find out? Nope.
3: <laughs> All right. Let's go over this.
2: Well, you're on one
3: today. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. You see, I'm hungry. Okay.
2: That's true. You, you got those Reese's. My you, dropped, butter cups. you dropped the whole package on the ground.
3: Yeah, and I'm a little bit bitter. Okay. Am I projecting? Yeah, a little bit. Here we go. Let's go over this. Question number one. What was the first ever Pixar movie released? Logan, you said Toy Story. Anthony, you said Toy Story. The answer is... It is Toy Story. But neither of you needed the options. Nice job, Logan. Two-two after one. Let's go to question two. In what country is Machu Picchu located? And it's not in the Pokemon game. Mm. Logan, you said Peru. Mm. Anthony, of course, once you heard it, you knew it was Peru. No doubt, yeah. Answer is. Anthony's always right. It's Peru. Nice. Anthony needed the option. No. So did Logan. Oh right. Three three. Yeah, after that, was a, two. that was a roller coaster. <laughs> you had ah, me that look like there. a Braves fan, right? <laughs> now. Yeah. Camel with two humps, lovely lady lumps, is known as a Bactrian camel. What is a camel with one hump called? Logan, you said. Dromedary. Anthony, you said, oh, the two sound crazy. I don't know. I'll go with that one. Uh, yeah, dromedary one. Yeah. Answer is. It is dromedary camel.
2: <laughs> that I actually felt okay with based on the, the options. Logan Needed also the options. used the yeah, options. I was about to say, Logan, I, Logan, if you didn't, man, come on. Here it is, guys.
3: <laughs> Question number four. What national flower of Malaysia is used to make a bright red herbal tea? Who doesn't know? Logan, you said hibiscus Anthony, you said hibiscus Mm Mm-hmm Answer is
5: It is hibiscus
3: Anthony, you used the options Logan Did also use the options Walk it off We gotta walk off Wow, Logan Nice job Logan, here's how it works, buddy We are going to read off the question do not answer right away anthony's going to write down his answer once anthony provides us with the answer logan we're going to come to you for a quick answer and we'll get a winner here in the gauntlet today is that all All good good for you yeah okay okay here we go anthony logan tiebreaker question in what year did the united states enter world war one
2: World War 1
3: is before 2. Uh Okay, we got Anthony's answer. Logan, your answer please. What year? Uh 19
6: uh, 1920.
3: Okay. Anthony, why don't you tell us what you wrote? Well, Jamie, I wrote 1920 down. 1920. (laughs) Logan said 1920. You guys are pretty good. Wow. The answer was 1917. Wow. Wow. So here's how we do this. We're going to go to a second tiebreaker question here today in the gauntlet. I'm buying a little bit of time here for my guy, Marshy, to uh, pull that up. Actually, never mind. I got one. Never mind, I got one. This one's easy. Oh, oh, great. I think it's easy. All right. Pulling up here. I got to double check this just because I want to be dang sure about this. It's going to be an easy one, I think, as I go through the uh, stats really quick here. Bear with me, guys. Okay. In what year... Did Jamie Rivers score his first NHL goal?
6: Oh, my. (laughs) Uh,
3: Okay, Anthony's got his answer. Logan, your answer, please. Uh, 1994. All right. We have a winner today in the gauntlet. The answer is... 1995.
1: Oh, Logan, you have chosen poorly.
3: You lose.
1: Wow,
2: I feel bad for you, Logan. That was a that was a gauntlet.
3: I mean, you I, got every question I right. Knew you guys, I knew Anthony would draw. The wow. stare I got from Anthony when I asked that question was like, oh damn, I really don't know. Well, I was, you I was said 1995. Yeah, I don't Anthony know. Said I said 1995.
2: I, yeah, I did. I said 1995. And I did show the camera and everything. DJ, I was, yeah, yeah, we got it. I, you know what I was saying? I was like, is it 95 or 96? I went 95. Wow.
3: Yeah. wow. Logan, great job man. today, buddy. That was a tough, I mean, that was a really tough one.
2: Nice job, Logan.
3: That was epic. Yep. That was. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. All good. All right. Take care, Logan. Have a good one, man. Yeah, you guys too. Thank you. Right. Woof. Wow. I feel bad. I mean, he he had every every mm-hmm. answer
2: correct. Granted, so did I, and we both nineteen twenty, which was
3: close. I couldn't believe that. Remember, for a while, I started getting two tiebreaker questions because yes. it actually has happened to us more than once.
2: Yes, I think Brad did it too. where you? Yeah. had the same question or same answer. Anyways, all right, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a tough gauntlet. Good stuff.
3: People aren't happy about it. Boo, lame.
2: Oh, for your answer, for your question? Let me
3: ask my coworker something about myself. (laughs) I thought it was funny.
2: I mean, I didn't know for sure. I know. I thought it was 96 for a second there. Anyways. All right. Joe Vitale is going to join us at 445. We're going to do a Blues Most Likely to Happen segment next up here on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Time to play Blues Most Likely to
5: Happen. What do you got, Marsh? All right, gentlemen, let's start off with this one. Most Likely to Happen, Jordan Kyrou gets 50 goals this season, or the Blues have 10 or more 20-goal scorers.
2: Um, How many? 10 or more? 10 or more. Oh, 10 or more. 10 or more goals. 10 or more.
3: 10 players with
2: 20 or more? With 20 or more goals. Got it. Okay.
3: uh, So... Getting 10 players to score 20 goals uh, on a roster, that's that's a lot. So I'd say it's more likely that Jordan Kyrou scores 50 goals than the Blues have 10 20-goal scorers.
2: I'm looking at this now here. So
3: Go back a couple of years ago, I think the Blues had like eight, and that was like astronomical.
2: Last year, Kyrou, Buchnevich, Shen, Saad with 19, Thomas with 18. So even if we include that...
3: Go back two years ago. 50
2: Five. Years Feeling crazy. Alright. Uh, That's let's see That's when Barbie
3: here. had 26. Go ahead. Sorry, give me a look.
2: Vladimir Tarasenko, Bucinavich, Kairou, Peron, Barbashev, Shen, Saad, O'Reilly, Robert Thomas.
3: That's nine.
2: Falk had 16. So nine, nine over 20. Yeah, I'll, I'm with Jamie on this one. Kairou scores 50. Okay. If those are our options.
5: I hope he does. I hope both things happen. What would be better? Uh, uh, In
3: my opinion, it's better if you have 10, 20 goal scores.
2: I would think so.
5: Because then
3: all your eggs aren't in one basket.
4: Yeah.
2: It's good to put your eggs all over the place.
3: It's way better to have a lot of eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instead of just one. Mm -hmm. It's a lot harder when it's just that one egg.
2: Very true. Mm -hmm.
5: All right, guys. Most likely to happen: the Blues are a ninety-plus point team this this season, or the Blues have a top ten power play.
3: Ooh. I'd like to feel like they'd go hand in hand. Yeah, honestly, true. <laughs> um,
2: That's a good point.
3: Yeah, more likely to happen. Ninety. Well, let's team. go with a ninety-point team. It's not that I don't think their power play be the top ten. It's just that. It was bottom of the NHL last year.
2: Well, okay, so let's look Let's look at it this way. The Islanders were a playoff team last year with 93 points. The Panthers were a playoff team with 92 points. Jets, 95. And I'm reading off the, the, the lowest seed. Kraken were a 100-point team. But if we think that the Blues are, are going to be a playoff team this year, and I do, can you sniff that 92-93-point range? i would say yes so i'll say a 90 more likely to be a 90 point team
3: that's what i said too
2: nice most likely to happen
5: jordan bennington starts 50 plus games or scott perunovic plays in 40 plus games
2: bennington 50 plus
3: that's or a log that's Perunovich, a lock. what 40 plus
5: plays in 40 plus games
3: wow
2: that's a log jam on defense.
5: Bennington started sixty-one games or played in sixty-one games last year, and I know we've talked about him splitting a little bit splitting more. Splitting a little bit
2: more. I ain't gonna be that much more.
3: I think Bennington fifty-plus games. I think he probably gets to fifty games ish, and HOFER gets thirty-two.
5: Yeah. Yep. Can roll with that. Most likely to happen. The Blues are a top-three team in the Central. Or the Blues have a player in the top five of any particular season award.
2: I'm gonna go with the award. I think the Blues are gonna be a playoff team, but they might they might be that fourth team in the central. So I'll say the award. I can see Cairo having a big season. Maybe Bennington, if you can clean up the defense, obviously. I think both are tough, but I'll go with the player award.
3: The best chance the Blues have at an individual award would be Jordan Bennington at a Vezina trophy. But that would mean the team played really, but, really right, well. Right, you
2: wouldn't be a fourth, but yeah, you wouldn't yeah. be a fourth-place team.
3: I think the Blues have a better chance of being a top three team in the Central Division. I think there's two teams that are at the top of this food chain, and that's the Dallas Stars and the Colorado Avalanche, and then I think it's wide open after that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Minnesota, because then they're kind of in the same group as Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Nashville. Yeah, yeah.
3: So I go with that one. Top three.
2: Teams. All right. So looking
5: at all of these things that we just talked about, we have Jordan Kyrou scoring 50 goals this season. Blues have having 10 or more 20 goal scorers, You have them being a 90 plus team, a 90 plus point team them being a top ten power play team, you have the Bennington Stars, Perunovic, amount of games, top three in the Central, and then obviously one of the players in the top five of a season award. Which one out of all of these is most
2: likely to be happening this season? So the thing that we like the most, yeah. Did you mention the Bennington one? I did. That's that would be mine. Like if 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 uh, the starts. Yeah, if we're yeah. playing if we're playing with fun money here, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a, that's one I would. I would play.
3: That'd be my first pick. Second pick is top 3 team in the division.
2: Okay. What
5: about Interesting. You? I think uh I I think the Blues can be a 90 plus point team. I think when you look at some of these like the top 5 in a season award, I don't know if they do that because we've talked about it a lot. We talked about the depth Right, I think if you have a team full of depth, you don't necessarily have one standout player. Now, you do have a few of those guys, like Jamie said earlier in the show, that have the opportunity to be elite in Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. I just think when you stack those players up against some of the best in the NHL, I don't think they crack the top five. So that one's out for me. Um, The top 10 power play, that's something I would like to happen. And I think what Jamie said, it does go hand in hand with being a 90 plus point team, but I got to see it first. Mm -hmm. I got to see it. I know a lot of fans have been texting in saying, well, you know, they haven't played anything yet. We can only see so much at practice. That is one of the things I need to see in order to believe that they can actually do it. So I like what Jamie's saying though, about them. They, they look good. I thought they looked good in the preseason. So we'll see if that can translate. I hope Bennington doesn't necessarily have to start 50 games. Yeah, I would like to see what, what Joel Hofer has to offer, too. I think you would, though, with 32. You know, yeah. If you start at 50 a, yeah, a 50 year a number, yeah, 32. 30 to 35 that's right.
3: games, somewhere in there, that's a yeah. hell of a workload.
4: Absolutely.
5: So, yeah, those are my thoughts. And I hope Scott Perunovic can just stay healthy. I don't know about 40-plus games because we don't necessarily know how he's going to be utilized yeah. this year, especially with Tori Krug. They, they're sort of the same make they have the same makeup as a player sure so i i don't know that one that one's a, a question mark for me i
2: think heading into the season so makes sense all right that's andrew marsh jamie rivers anthony stultz it's the fast Lane on 101 espn should major league baseball change its playoff format we're starting to hear this a little bit more of the last 24 hours but i thought what the braves did last night poured cold cold water on that argument I'll tell you why next on 101 espn <laughs> It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. So, we, Marsh, you had mentioned this yesterday, I think, at one point. Maybe he was in the Sports 6-pack or somebody brought it up in the text line. But uh, the, or maybe what's trending. What's about, trending, yep. Talking about the Braves. Braves mm-hmm. fans are upset because the Braves are playing the Phillies in the NLDS. I don't blame them. It is kind of annoying because why not reseed? Why not reseed? You should. Lowest seed goes to the top seed. That's that's how you do when do it in any other sport correct Uh why not do that that's the only change i would make to the playoff format though ken rosenthal of the athletic went through a bunch of different opinions from from various people including i think john smoltz chimed in and said hey why don't you do what the kbo does when the kbo gets to their postseason you have the you have they have their own little wild card round Uh and then the teams that advance automatically are down one nothing yeah, in that, the next series that's
3: hot garbage why why win would you a damn elim- game. Yeah, win why, a game
2: yeah why would you eliminate the drama What's,
3: smoltz said that smoltz said that i expect more from him
2: he is a smart guy oh,
3: he's a smart guy he's a hell of a player there's no doubt about it I, I respect him very much but that is just an awful take i'm with you and the owners would probably say hey smoltz why don't you be quiet that's yeah, a we don't wanna,
2: we don't want to lose a game
3: yeah, what are we doing here right a I don't. Terrible take.
2: I don't think you have to do anything with this postseason. I I had said it before about the the playoff teams, the expansion of the wild card. When people were kind of pushing back on that, well, it's too many teams. You want as many fan bases still involved as possible, and I'm talking about the regular season. You get to September, you when football starts to come around, and you got hockey. You know the 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 training camps, everything's starting, but really, you know, football, college football, NFL. When those seasons start to kick off, you want as many baseball fan bases interested in your product as possible. I realize that the top team, the best team in baseball, doesn't always win. In fact, more times than not, it does. It, the, the best team doesn't win. I don't care. The postseason is about drama. I view it as two separate entities. You've got the regular season, and then when the postseason comes about, there is a do or die feeling to it that's what makes it great mm-hmm. i don't think you should cater any more than you do right now to the teams that have good regular seasons you give them home field advantage and the top two teams have buys so in this case it's dodgers and braves i saying, wouldn't touch it outside of that
3: are you saying not to recede
2: i'm saying to recede yeah. That's the only part I would change. Okay. Other than that I wouldn't change anything else.
3: All right, cuz that's that's where I'm at. Is you know I think there should be an advantage to having a good regular season. Now should the advantage be that you get a one game gimme? No. No. That's not what I'm looking at, but I think if you reseed then you would have had you know Braves versus Diamondbacks Dodgers phillies Mm -hmm. dodgers phillies would still have been a good series Mm. and the diamondbacks they're they're obviously no joke right but then if it's the clash of the titans of the phillies and the braves is what you really craved you get it anyways
2: Mm -hmm. at higher stakes yeah potentially
3: so this is where i think the nhl misses it a little bit because gary bettman his philosophy is he likes to have intriguing matchups early in the playoffs So your first and your second round sometimes are tougher matchups than even beyond that, which I don't think makes sense. Obviously, the Stanley Cup final is a whole other animal, but Mm -hmm. if you look back at the last couple of years, in the second round of the playoffs is where you have wars in the NHL, which is fine, but then you kind of lose a little bit. They they could meet each other anyways in the conference final Mm -hmm. type thing if they would reseed it that way too. So the NHL's got a little bit of a problem too with their playoff format, but sticking to baseball... I think if you reseed after the wildcard round and go from there, I, th- I think there's nothing else that needs to be done.
2: Agreed.
5: I mean, this is no different than what the NFL did. Yeah. No different. So why, why are we complaining about
2: it? I think that people get so caught up in what you did in the regular season and they're, they're wanting to be more of a reward. Here's where I'd push back on this. Who cares? It's the regular season. That's how I think, Marsh. But why don't we go ahead and, like, walk, as Jamie would say, walk with me. Are we right?
3: all walking together?
2: Interlocked. Yeah.
3: I'm an interlocker. Marcia, are you or are you, like, a, the whole, like, palm guy?
2: No, I, I like to interlock. Yeah. So we'll all walk together down this okay. path interlocking, okay? Mm-hmm. Jamie's still on the sidewalk.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. By the street. Okay. By the street. The closest, yeah, protecting mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. So,
2: speaking of protection, not that. Protection. Tell us about it, Anthony. Um, I couldn't, even if I tried. <laughs> when it comes to like protecting the top seed in in baseball, so let's just say the Braves in this case, making sure they have all the advantages to win to win a World Series as much as possible because they earn the regular season title. If you if you're thinking like that, when it comes to these divisions, not all the no division is created equally. Mm-hmm. Take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from a year ago. Didn't even have a winning record. Won their division. Went in the playoffs. Hosted a playoff game. Why would you be Why would you be protecting them? Well, they Won their division. Their division sucked. I'm not awarding you any any sort of other advantages outside of you won your division. You host you host at least one play, one playoff game. That's it. That's all you're guaranteed. If you want more than that, be the top seed in your league or your conference, depending on what sport it is. After that, that's it. Then it's the postseason. Stop crying, as Jamie said earlier. Win games.
5: I, I th- with baseball though now they have the, I wouldn't say it's an equal schedule, but it's more balanced. It's more balanced. Mm-hmm. The Braves, in my opinion, are we're in the best division in right. the National League at least. Yes, but I, I, I mean win, when? when when in when in October that's the whole that's the name of the game
4: exactly that is
5: when you find out if your regular season team is actually good enough in the most important part of the season in the under the under pressure moments the most important moments of the entire year is your team good enough to handle that
4: mm-hmm.
2: if so you can win a championship And everybody's going to remember you. Nobody's going to remember the regular season champion. Joe Vitale is going to join us next. We'll talk to him about the upcoming Blues season, dive into the final roster being set, and get his thoughts ahead of uh, Dallas and the Blues in two nights. Joey Vitale next on 101
1: ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. That's right.
2: It's time to talk to our guy, Joey Vitale, here in the lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. What's up, Joe? Hey boys, what's going on? We got Blues stars hockey regular season in two days. That's what's going on, baby.
6: Can't wait. Oh man, <laughs> this preseason really did me in this year. More so than all the other years. I don't know what it was, but it was long. It was it was a bit more exhausting than the past.
2: Maybe the playoff the non playoffs. You were you're chomping yeah. at the bit.
6: I think that's what it was. It was a long it was a long off season there. And I think a lot of the I talked to some of the players about this last week in Dallas. There is this thing where they're talking about, I'm sure you guys have probably covered it, but they're going maybe 84 games next year and just squashing that last week of preseason. So essentially that last week of preseason might turn into the first week of the regular season and then jump up to 84 games, and I, I really hope those rumors are true.
2: Joey, this is the first time we've had an opportunity to talk to you since the roster was essentially finalized. Anything stand out to you there?
6: Well, I think Tyler Tucker of course, is is one of the big standouts, without a doubt. You know, the way he, he came into camp, I think he just did so many great things last year that kind of set up a great camp for him. You know, and then he had a great off offseason. Uh, he looks bigger, He looks stronger. I think he really kind of soaked up that rest and recovery. Uh, so to me, that that is number one. I think the second, the biggest one was, I was unsure to see what Oscar Sundquist's health would really look like. Uh, I thought maybe coming to camp and it'd be a little bit slow. I thought maybe... Craig Bruby have a decision about you know Oscar and his health and his, his pace but to me he he looks about as good as he looked going back to the 1819 season when they win the Stanley Cup he finally had a summer of full rest full recovery you know he had those double hips and knee procedures done the summer heading into the 21 season and then that's where he really slowed down of course that was also the year that they dealt him to Detroit Detroit then moved to Minnesota the following year and then Right after last season, he finally had a summer to to himself. So that's really great and encouraging to see Oscar Sundquist as
3: well. Joey, any surprise with Mackenzie McEachern and Nathan Walker uh, being on the waiver list headed down to Springfield? I don't think
6: so, Jamie. I mean, I know you watched some of the games as well. I think that, you know, for Nathan Walker, he's in a different situation than Mackenzie McEachern. I think they know exactly what Nathan Walker is. I think that he's had a really great career for himself, especially for a guy that is that small. It's very hard for a player like that to have a long career in the National League. There are the exceptions. Uh, the flurries. you look recently in Nathan Gerby. But this is really hard for, for how fast and how big and how physical the game is for a younger, smaller guy like him to, to really keep up. But he's done a great job doing it. Wins a cup in Washington. He's stuck around a long time. But to, to them, I think that he really is that like leadership piece in Springfield, where you know when you call him up, he's just going to give you 130%. And that's exactly what he did in camp. I mean, he could not have done anything better, in my opinion. I think that he just was already slotted as being one of those first veteran guys they know they can depend on, and they know what he's going to bring every single game. So I don't think that he had necessarily had a bad camp. I think he actually had a really good camp, but I think the writing was on the wall for him early on. McKenzie McCacklin was a little bit different. It was an interesting signing because he had so much trouble finding the lineup when he was here in St. Louis. I think he found some good success with Carolina in that little playoff stretch they went on last year. So a lot more attention was drawn to Mackenzie McEachran. Um, the tools that he has are incredible, right? He can skate fast. He can get in on the four check. Uh, pretty dependable as far as coming out of the zone. I just don't know if McKenzie really has taken it to that level or that step that really separates him from the rest of the pack. Like everyone had something, you have to bring something different that no one else does. I mean, you know how it is—you got to find that role and you got to do something different. Even like a Nick Ritchie, he struggled with the pace at times. Uh, he struggled uh, with, you know, the, the energy and, and being physical. But one thing is no no doubt about him is he can he can fight and he can play that nasty brand of hockey. So that's what separates him, which has kept him in the league a lot longer. For Mackenzie McEchron, you know, I don't know if he did really anything in camp that, that separated himself enough for Craig Berube to say, "Okay, he's our guy here," uh, and for this reason.
3: Joe, if we go to the Defense Core here, eight defensemen kept on the roster. Obviously, uh, the waiver process, uh, you know, played a little bit of a part in that as well. But when you look at Scott Perunovic. Uh, you know, what for you, just you being a hockey guy, watching him play, you know, what would be a successful season for Scott Perunovich?
6: A successful season for Scotty, uh, Jamie, I think would be a healthy one. Let's start there. I think that, you know, he wins the Holy Baker in Minnesota, a ton of college success. And he's the he first one to tell you that college hockey and pro hockey are two very, very different beasts. I think he knew that, he learned that right off the hop. And unfortunately for, for Scotty, he got banged up two years back-to-back. Back. Not, not just banged up, but, but injuries requiring surgery. And I'll never forget running into him in New York when Blues were on that long five-, six-day road trip in New York a couple of years ago. Elevator opens, he comes on, and at the time he was injured for a long time. So it was surprising seeing him in the hotel there. And then you can just tell that he was really upset. and He was in New York to get, to get a procedure done on his shoulder at the time. But just that, those few, few small moments, you just saw how discouraged he was. So here's a young man that has just dealt with a lot of injuries. And so I would say number one, a successful season would be to stay healthy. Uh, number two, I think pretty soon, quickly, hopefully, you are in trust with Mike Weber and Craig Berube that you can be out there and be solidified in that five-six bottom pair and run a second power play. I mean, dependable run a power play. I think that that is what hurt him a little bit in camp uh, heading into the season right now. Is that he? I don't know if he really ever got that second. Power play unit going all camp long to the point where he was really comfortable. And this is not a knock on him because he's dealing with so many different players. You got Radcliffe, you got you know, Zach Bolduke, you got Kevin Hay. I mean, so many different guys, in interchangeable parts, so it's not easy. But I think for him to get in there, to stay in there, to get in, get in the rhythm of this new defensive scheme, uh, just to be patient in the D zone, uh, to not overextend himself, to make the simple play. I mean, you are a defenseman. You know how it is. For a young guy, it could be intimidating, especially coming off injuries. I think for him to start making just that simple pass, that simple play, uh, get up, get out of the zone quickly, get off after 30 seconds, and then from there, you can start to build. Then you start getting confidence, maybe get more playing time. I think that hopefully manifests itself in the confidence it takes for a young man to run a, run a power play, which is very hard to do, as we all know, uh, on that second unit at the blue line.
2: Last thing for Joey Vitale here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN, Joe how, how do the Blues win games this year? Like if you, if you were to pick out an identity, something they fall back on, or just fill in the blank, the Blues are going to win games this way. What do you think is going to be their most consistent strength?
6: Yeah, it's a great question. I think the to me they have to be okay with low-scoring games. They have to get back to that. You know, we saw it a little bit there in Dallas. They, were, they only had a 2 nothing lead for the most majority of the game. Now, they ended up scoring a couple power play goals late uh, last week to make, I think, 4 nothing was the final. But up to that point, Dallas had nothing. And again, everything comes with a caveat. I, I get it. There was, there was not Dallas' roster. Uh, but there were still players on the ice. And Dallas really just did not have a sniff. And that was the Blues' full roster, if you remember right. That was about as close to the full roster as we're going to see here on Thursday night in Dallas. So, to me, I love the way they got the lead early, and they were just okay with it being one nothing for a very long time. And then they made it two, and they were still okay with it. I think they got here because, quite frankly, they needed to just outscore the other team, which I know sounds pretty obvious in the sport of hockey. You have to outscore your opponent to win. But what I mean by that is it was almost punch for punch. They'd allow two, and then they did, okay, we got to get up on the rush. We got to activate our D. We got to score two more. And then they would score two more. And then before you know it, it was a 6-4 game after three periods. And I think they have to get back to just being okay, being poised with it, being one nothing, or even being down one nothing in the third period. That's what they were so good at in 18. They were so very conservative. They were a very patient defensive zone. And at times, they were down. But they kind of just stuck with it, stuck with it. And eventually, through their offensive zone time and through the frustration of their opponent by not really getting much offensively, by the third period, they kind of took over games. I mean, that was what was so special about the 18-19 season. They just rope-a-dope teams in for two periods, and by the third, they just kind of came out, kept playing the same way. The other team got away from their game plan, and they took advantage. So I think that that, you know, with this new defensive scheme, which is much more patient, much more poised, you know, sit back, protect the middle. You have to be okay with other teams being in your zone for a while. You have to block shots. Uh, And when you do that, I think the frustration will manifest itself into a point where then St. Louis can take advantage, and it may only be one. It may only be two goals you get in that game, but you've got to be okay with those low-scoring games. And most importantly, you've got to be okay with defending first.
2: Joey, great stuff. Looking forward to listening to you on the call in a couple of days, man. we got play, we got uh, regular season hockey coming up, coming up here on Thursday. So looking forward to the season. Thanks, Joey. Hey, sounds good, boys. You guys have a great weekend. You too. Joe Vitali here in the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. He'll be alongside Chris Kerber right here on your Home of the Blues 101 ESPN with What's Trending coming up next in the Fastlane.
1: Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's going on in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered with what's trending now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a Lions Choice Sandwich Coupon.
5: Welcome back to the Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Fellas, we talked about this earlier in the show. Unfortunately for me and the rest of Viking Nation, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson was placed on injured reserve with a hamstring injury and will be out for at least four games. That is the big news coming out of the NFL today.
2: That, I mean, that, that's devastating news. Uh, when, you, when you look at this Vikings team, the only reason to, to believe that they could potentially get back in it, the schedule isn't too daunting, uh, but too, the the offense. And if you can limit the turnovers, specifically in the red zone, maybe, maybe you can get back in it and at least be a wild card contender at some point. But without Justin Jefferson for the next four weeks, that's a huge blow. You do not have a running game. And while Kirk Cousins has been very good for you, Again, you're you're typically trying to win shootouts. So, no Justin Jefferson. I don't know. I don't know if this means anything for their trade deadline though. We're all waiting for like Kirk Cousins to be traded. I don't think he will be. I think there's too many hurdles, the cap, being one of them and two, he's a quarterback. I mean, to learn a whole new offense and try to get a team that needs a quarterback into contention, I think it's going to be too difficult.
3: Yeah, look, this is disastrous for the Vikings. They're sitting at one and four in the NFC North, and um, there's just no chance for them at this point. There isn't. Without Justin Jefferson, with the team playing as bad as they have already this year, I view it differently, Anthony. I think there is a trade lurking out there. I think that there are some teams that are fringe teams right now that if they had a quarterback, even if it took a couple weeks, two, three weeks, to get him acclimated to the playbook, you know, there are some placeholders out there that, have, that could kind of run the ship while Kirk Cousins is getting familiarized with the playbook. So I think they try to capitalize on that. The Vikings do try to get somebody who desperately needs him. You know, obviously, the New York Jets come to mind right away. Do I think they do it? No, nah, I don't I don't know if they're necessarily going to be there, but if Zach Wilson gets them two more wins and they're right there tickling second place mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they think, man, if we could just get somebody to get us to Aaron Rodgers, maybe that's a team. The New England Patriots, You know what are they doing? Does Bill Belichick pull off a bit of a panic move here? Because he, I'm sure he, the water's starting to boil a little bit underneath his seat where he's feeling like, oof, this could be be a bad thing for me yep. here. Oh, I just think there's teams out there that would do it for sure. Sticking with football, I want to
5: read some numbers off to you guys. I know we like playing games here in the fast lane. So I'm going to read some numbers off. I saw this on X the other day. And then I'm going to ask you who you think this quarterback is. Okay. I'm going to compare actually two quarterbacks. We have 66.9 completion percentage, 1,210 yards passing, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 106.1 quarterback rating.
4: Okay.
5: Okay. The other quarterback has a 66.8 completion percentage, 1,287 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, four interceptions, and a 96 quarterback rating. So similar numbers. Similar numbers. And Somebody's
3: obviously on a good team, and the other one's on a terrible team. And
2: they're two quarterbacks that... It's got to be
3: his boy, Kirky.
2: <laughs> two quarterbacks that are playing this year. Those are numbers from this year? Yes. Can you read me the interceptions again?
5: Four interceptions for that second quarterback compared to two interceptions for the first quarterback I read, I read off.
2: I don't think it's Kirk, because I think Kirk's got more than four INTs, but maybe not. Two picks... How, the touchdowns sorry give me the touchdowns and interceptions touchdowns for quarterback one 11
5: touchdowns two interceptions mm-hmm. quarterback two 10 touchdowns four
2: interceptions wow
5: <laughs> which quarterback are you taking
2: i'm taking the the quarterback that's got the 10 touchdowns and the two picks
5: so the, the 11 touchdowns two 11 picks? 11, yeah.
2: 11 2 yeah um,
3: look at that smirk on his face.
2: So I'm trying to think here. Like CJ CJ Stroud doesn't have any picks on the season, so I know I know not one of them's him. Um the second one might be Lamar.
3: Might be Trevor Lawrence.
2: Yeah, it might be. I don't
3: know. Just pick one.
2: Uh I'll go I'll go the second one is Lamar. Mm-hmm. And the first one is I don't know. Brock Purdy. I don't even I don't even think he's got two picks.
5: Well, you both are wrong. It's our Thursday night football matchup. Quarterback number one, 11 touchdowns, two oh, interceptions, Russ. is Russell Wilson. Wow. And the other one is Patrick Mahomes. No kidding. Huh. So does that change the narrative of the Denver Broncos this season when it comes to Russell Wilson essentially being terrible? I do, well, I, Russ has not been good. But he's been better than Pat Mahomes.
3: what Jamie's gonna blow a gasket here
2: (laughs) see what Jamie said he stood up about Kirk Cousins is exactly what what you just did there with the numbers you did yeah Kirk Cousins this thing (laughs) you brought up the numbers and say see meanwhile Patrick Mahomes is winning games virtually on his own on offense Do you see the Jet game? He won the game. Now, he tried to give it away, but he won it. Russ literally gave away the the last game against the same Jets team. Mm. Same opponent, one quarterback, did not play well, found a way to win. The other quarterback played fine and then gave away the game. Literally. (laughs) One quarterback touches greatness. The other one... Yeah, he can't even get his phone number. No, he
3: touches greatness. His wife's very talented.
2: Yeah, true. <laughs> Lives in the same household <laughs> as his wife, who's very talented. Good call on that.
3: By the way, Anthony,
2: <laughs> it's interesting. It's an interesting. Oh, he's so mad at you right now. I know he is. <laughs> he's I know so he
4: mad. tuned
3: in. Stats. He's tying up his sweatpants. <laughs> he can't listen here. <laughs> And by the way, oh boy, we, no, everyone listening, uh, including
5: Anthony, who's upset right now, can uh-huh. join me and learn from the Riz Show this Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Cybergs and Arnold. You can come watch Thursday night football game. Of course, the Blues will be taking on the Stars as well. Come to Cybergs and Arnold. Get signed up for some point and 101 ESPN giveaways and enjoy a cold Bud Light. That is this Thursday, 6 p.m. To 8 p.m. with me and learned from the Riz, from the Riz show and Bud Light at Cyberg's
3: Arnold. There you go. So now I wonder if the Cyberg's in Arnold is also a Vikings bar. I don't. I don't uh, think
5: so. Yeah, I
4: is think, it like I think all it's
3: very specific. That you guys try to claim or just what? <laughs> no, I think
5: it's just the one off Dorset. Okay, that's, that's
2: specific.
5: That'd be a lot of Viking fans. In this area,
2: when you went there, what was it—the Thursday night game? I guess yeah, Eagles against the Eagles. Yeah. So when you went there, was it packed Vikings fans? It was pretty packed. Yeah. Did they like recognize you or no? Say, hey, there's there's Andrew, there's Marshy Marsh, I don't think the so. one representative that we have on Sports Talk Radio.
5: No, I go right <laughs> in. I sit right down.
2: At least in this market,
5: you know, I I just I stick to my yeah to my table. Okay. Got some food. Yeah. Get some drinks. Those Saigon's. Mm. Oh, they're so good. Marsh, how do you feel
2: about waffles? Oh wow!
3: It's right next a
5: door. It is right next door. <laughs> do you ever look over
2: there? Like, did you when you came out that night? Fa- yeah. When you came out of Cyber's that night, did you like look over?
5: Yeah, I looked over, and Waffle House was like, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." Come, it was
3: like, hey, psst.
5: "Come
2: to, oh, come, psst. come to us."
3: Andrew we'll Marsh. see you
2: soon. All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalzer. We got NFL Stock Market, buy, seller, hold. You doing coaches this time, Marsh? Yeah, we're doing coaches this should be and interesting. play callers. Oh, so this I should guess be interesting. Head coaches and play head callers. Head coaches, play callers. That's next on 101 ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 101 ESPN.
2: We do this every Tuesday in the Fastlane NFL Stock Market. Buy, sell, or hold. This is when Marsh kind of chooses a category. Last week it was quarterbacks. Jamie and I say buy, sell, or hold, and Marsh, uh, well, Marsh participates as well. But yeah, today you're, you're doing coaches slash play callers. Yes. Oh, boy. This should be interesting. We yeah. have not seen this list. This is new.
3: It's fresh. It's fresh. Exciting. I love it. Are you ready? Provocative. Very. Ready.
5: Let's start off with the Monday Night Football head coach that ended up picking up a win last night in Vegas. Josh McDaniels, buy, sell, or hold.
2: Yeah, I'm going to sell on that. (laughs) I don't think I ever bought it, but I'm going to sell. If I I did, if I was drunk one night, and just uh, you know, it's just a sliver of it. Ah, Okay, it's
3: cheap. No. Yeah. Sell that. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of hope for Josh McDaniel. Yeah. I thought, man, this guy's done some really good stuff. With the Patriots. <laughs> and um, yeah. Hell of a play caller. With the Patriots. With the Patriots. Yeah. yeah. He hasn't really done anything away from the Patriots. No. and um, Or Tom Brady. Correct. Correct. Uh, so yeah, no, I have no faith at all. I'm selling.
2: What'd you call uh, the game last night, Jamie? A, a battle of which uh, team tried not to win?
3: Battle of two teams that didn't want to win. Yep. That's
2: That's accurate.
5: Yeah, I'm going to sell, too. In fact, there's a lot of coaches on here that we might be selling. So um, shall we move on? A
2: tease. That's what they call a tease in the business.
5: Yes. Yes. This one will be, I think, difficult
3: for Jamie. Buy, sell, or hold Bill Belichick. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so I'm not buying because I just feel like that would be hypocritical. Mm. Um, I'm not selling because it's Bill Belichick. I'm just not, I'm not at that point, but I am holding for now. I I wanna see how Bill tries to turn this season around, what he's able to accomplish with this season and what direction he takes this team in moving into next season. So uh, to me, he's more than earned the right to have some more runway here before you fire a guy like Bill Belichick. So I'm holding.
2: I'm holding too. You, you can't buy it because it's it's bad. I mean that roster isn't good enough, and he built it. He built that roster. There's no team speed on either side of the ball. Yeah, is that coaching? That's, that's 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 him as the GM. I know.
3: Though. That's so that's fire Bill the GM, GM. keep the coach. <laughs>
2: and and how do you do that, right? Because he's built he's built Super Bowl championships before. I know with Tom Brady, but I'm gonna hold too because here's the way I look at. it. I was thinking about this last night. When it came to Belichick and I was I was listening to you know some people say, Ah, oh, you just gotta move on now. If I'm Robert Kraft and I'm looking at it objectively, do I want to give Bill Belichick another opportunity to fix this thing? Or do I want to go through the coaching ranks and try to let somebody else fix it? Like the man that has brought me more Super Bowls than anyone is Tom Brady. Belichick was also in the building, though. So, you know, he, he had to have a hand in, in that as well. But if right, I'm Kraft... Today, I think
3: you said it best the other day. You said that there are certain Super Bowls that Bill won for Tom. Yes. And there are other ones that Tom, Tom won, won for, for
2: Bill. Tom won for Bill, absolutely. If the early ones were Bill, the later ones, I think, were more Tom. Okay. But if I'm Kraft, I'm taking my chances with Belichick fixing this thing yes. than, than some rando and yes. going, through, than going through the coaching ranks like that.
3: Quite honestly, what I might do is hire somebody else to come in President of Football Operations, or a an associate, a consultant, fresh look, whatever it is, come yeah. in. He'll work side by side with Bill, but only in the roster construction. Mm-hmm. That's it, not not cre- encroaching into the coaching at all. And I, I think sometimes that could help.
5: Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree with what you guys said, but but in terms of but you know bringing in a new guy, uh-huh. I have to sell Bill Belichick. What? Wow. Suffered, they suffered two of the no his respect. worst losses in his career back-to-back. Oh, back. Okay? Six
3: Super Bowls, Marshy. Two losses. That's in the past. We're talking now about I'm this talking season. About two
5: losses. This season, this season, I'm selling Bill Belichick. <laughs> we talk about the roster construction. They gave essentially the exact same contract to Juju Smith-Schuster as the Vegas Las Vegas Raiders gave to... Um,
2: Oh jeez, Devontae Adams? No, no, Jacoby no. Myers.
5: Jacoby Myers, and Jacoby Myers is, in my opinion, light years better than Juju Smith-Schuster.
2: Yeah, like come on, like. Well, no, you're look. It, the roster instruction has been bad. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, the, the defense has no speed. If you watch the Miami game, you see you see the big difference there between. Mm-hmm. And I know Miami's speed is is like I'm choosing the fastest team in the league, but. You watch, you watch New England, I mean, they have no team speed at all. So, you're right. I mean, from a roster standpoint, they have they have fluided this thing up big time. All right, let's move on from Bill. Todd Munkin, offensive
5: coordinator for oh. the Ravens. Buy, sell, or hold. I'm
2: holding on this. It's going to take some time. It's going to take some time. I, they made the all right... I've heard from you for two years. They made the right... Years, three years. Yeah.
3: It's about the O.C. and the O.C. and the O.C. And yes. you get a new guy and it stinks.
2: <laughs> right. After five weeks. After yeah. five weeks, Jamie's like, I'm not was, seeing anything. How
3: long was training camp? How long was off-season training? How long was that, Anthony?
2: It's not games. You need games. Game reps. It's
3: crap. You
2: never want to give Lamar I've given, any grace. I'm
3: the one who gives him the grace you're the one that fires off on the OC all the time yeah yeah well you're when you're running the
2: same routes on each side of the field the defense knows what's coming I'm gonna be a little ticked off well for my guy Lamar
3: it's not pretty
2: did he pay did he play like crap all the last week in
4: Pittsburgh yes
2: yes but he's gonna have a monstrous bounce back in London this Saturday Sunday morning against the Tennessee Titans because I
3: have no idea what the Titans are okay so enough for the rant what what are you doing with this offensive coordinator? I'm giving it time. It's so, been five so weeks. So what is it? You buying or are you, what are you doing?
2: I'm buying while you're, it's low. You're buying. I'm buying while it's low, yes. Stock's low, I'm going to buy. It's unbelievable, this guy. That's when the true entrepreneurs show up. Yeah. I'm buying this stock. Buy. Can you believe that? By the end of the year, you're going to be begging me. Begging me for what? Overpaying for the stock that I no, have not, in Todd Monkman no and the I'm Ravens.
3: Not. Because I'm buying, okay? Yes, I'm buying. There's no way it could Just, possibly be I this. You yes. not see that. Just what I thought you were out, you jump back in. <laughs> There's no way it could possibly continue to be this off My
2: guy, I don't like what you're saying now, but I like that you're buying. <laughs> I'm buying. I'm holding.
5: <laughs> Marsh just
1: I'm holding water for everybody. <laughs> just us. I'm holding because I know
5: Jamie wants to, but he's giving in. No, he's, he's not giving in to the pressure. When
1: has Jamie
2: ever given in to the pressure?
3: That's a good point.
2: He won't give it a shower pressure, let alone pressure on this show.
3: <laughs> I like a good shower pressure. Yeah, one, me too. too. Yeah. You know, I don't like one that just feels like.
2: Yeah, that's terrible.
3: Urinating on me. That's awful. Want...
2: <laughs> you don't want that. No. No. No,
3: no it's a bad visual. Not it's, a, a... it's bad. It's not a good experience
2: No at all. Mm-hmm. You ever go to somebody's house, you're staying, you're staying there at somebody's house, you know, you're on vacation or whatever yeah. and bad shower pressure, you oh, like it's this terrible. Is terrible. It takes yeah. it
3: forever to take a shower. It's awful. I want my skin to barely be safe. Exact <laughs> same. That's what I want. Same. Yep. What's the thing on the
5: the shower head? Do you do you have the uh retractable shower head?
3: the, the removable one.
5: Yeah, the, the one.
2: removable yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. We don't have that, but
3: I don't either.
5: But those are pretty cool, though. <laughs>
2: they are pretty
5: cool.
3: Yeah, <laughs> you can buy them at Home Depot, they're like 12 bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: it's good. This, yeah, <laughs> all right.
5: We talked about the Broncos in what's trending. Sean Payton, buy, sell, or hold. Oh, oh. Uh,
3: I don't know anymore. He uh, may have lost his marbles. With all that rant before the season began, and then watching him now interact with players and media...
2: Yeah, it's not good. Oof. I am gonna buy, though.
3: Oh, man. I'm gonna
2: buy low on this, too.
3: Oh, I'm gonna hold.
2: I think I think this dude is going to tear it down to the studs.
3: Yeah, but then he better hope that he's the guy to fix it after that. I,
2: I still have a small... Anthony,
3: just had a list a on here. Host. I wish I could find it. They just had a list of what the Broncos gave up. For both Wilson and Sean Payton. Oh,
2: it's it's a nightmare.
3: It's astronomical the amount of draft picks and the money committed to these two guys. Like if he tears it down to the studs, there's nothing to rebuild it with.
2: That's a good point too. So you start selling pieces now. Now nobody's going to want Russell Wilson, but no, no. Cortland Sutton, uh Jerry Judy, like anybody outside of maybe like Patrick Sertan, you just start. You already did it with Randy Randy Gregory, and you just start recouping some of these draft picks. You
3: need to find out where Tanya Harding's bodyguard is. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why? And isn't he dead? Uh, His brother, then. (laughs) (laughs) For what? For Russ? To help Russell to his vehicle. (laughs)
2: Marsh just got done telling you that Russ isn't the problem. And which vehicle? Well, well, I, I did not see. I he's guess not we'll find yeah. out. Okay.
5: Listed off his statistics.
2: Marsh said he's the best. He's better than Russ. Uh, better than Patrick Mahomes. He did. He did. He said that. Did we ever fix that? Speaking of Marsh, did we ever fix that? that airsoft gun? No, you, you I've know, been trying get, to do we it. We get these complaints about, oh, you haven't done the punishment. Then we went down. We got the airsoft gun. We did. It doesn't work. How do we? How
5: do we know that it's been working for the Riz show? We don't. I think they've been lying. I what think a
2: they have conspiracy. Yeah. Anyway, so, we'll try to shoot Marsh for his punishment, and have the biggest question of the day next on One Hundred and One ESPN.
1: We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day.
2: In a couple of minutes, we will have Andrew Marsh face the airsoft gun for his punishment for losing this week in the NFL Pick'em Challenge. Two shots coming for Andrew Marsh because he also lost, what, week two? I think, Marsh? So, two yeah, collective one, one of those side. weeks. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony, St- Anthony Stalders. Speaking of Andrew Marsh, he's got the biggest question of the day.
5: All right, gentlemen, from the 573, I have a waiver question for Jamie since I'm sure he has been through it.
3: What does that mean?
5: I understand
3: the
5: the initial waiver process. What I want to know is what happens once a player initially clears waivers and gets called back to the NHL. Does he have to clear waivers again? There is something about 10 games or 30 days on the roster. Could you please explain?
3: Yeah, so uh, when a player clears waivers and heads down to the minors, um, if the NHL team calls him back up at any point, The player has to play 10 games or be in the NHL for, I think it's 28 days. If he hits both of those goals, or either or, 10 games or 28 days, then he would have to re-clear waivers again. So the player, like let's say, let's use Nathan Walker. Nathan Walker's down in Springfield right now. If the Blues got an injury, knock on wood, hopefully they don't, if they get an injury in the next couple weeks they can call him up they call him up and they keep him for more than 28 days or more than 10 games he would have to re-clear waivers to go down to springfield otherwise he can go back and forth as many times as the blues want and most times teams unless unless of course the player comes up and does a fantastic job or there's a very serious injury most of the time teams don't eclipse that 28 days or that 10 games they're very aware of what they've got at stake. And they'll send a guy down for two games and call him back up. And it wipes the slate clean, starts the clock over again. Gotcha. So it's kind of like a player, a baseball player with options. If he has options, you can option him as many times as you want. That would be waivers within the 30 day period. Mm -hmm. Go up and down as many times as you want that player to go up and down. If he's in the NHL longer than 28 days or 10 games, he then goes back into the waiver pool where somebody could claim him off waivers when they try to send him down. Got it. So that's the uh, the the basics of the waiver wire when it comes to players going up and down right now for the Blues. There you have it. Alright, is it time? Marsh, you ready? Get Marsh Alright.
2: So Marsh is going to face his punishment for losing this week's NFL Pick'em Challenge. He had five points that's pretty this bad. week. Five that's pretty bad. points. So uh, if you want to watch via the air alliance team youtube channel at 101 espn stl you can see it there uh a lot of people upset that they didn't think that we were doing the punishment thing marsh definitely took his first shot did you ever post that video just say Jackson yes or no had that. i think he took it on my phone i couldn't find it though no i think he did it,
5: on, I his. Did it on his oh phone. did he yeah. sure we'll get yeah, it maybe he never sent probably
3: me why it. you couldn't find it probably yeah, yeah that's, that's right cool.
5: because he used like portrait mode on the videos like cinematic mode to make it look really cool yeah and then just didn't send just
3: it. Uh, do the mike babcock and ask him to see his phone with mm. some pictures of his family oh, yeah. you make a great yeah. point yeah
2: good call on that all right Jamie. Sure you, do you want to do the honors there oh
3: i gotta shoot andrew do
2: you want to or do you want me to do it
3: Oh. I think there's two we could share. Oh, nice. I like we that. You each get a cheek.
2: Good call. Now, Marsh, this is going to hurt us more than it hurts you, because we did lose the week.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see.
2: This here. is always 10 times worse. Anthony, you go first. All I'm right. going to hit
3: the lights here.
2: Yeah, hit the lights. Actually, well, somebody's got to talk on the mic.
3: I'm right in the line of fire here, so hang on here. Keep talking, dude. Yeah, well, I'll keep talking, we Don't, Anthony, don't you hair. worry. No, we don't. All right, so, Marshy, I'm hoping that the camera picks we, uh, you up. I don't know it. what it looks like.
2: Marsh, you can scoop
3: we're going to get the camera. Anthony go assume the position of Andrew Marsh over there. No, I'm going to let uh, Marsh. No, go. you have the gun. You can't shoot yourself. I mean, you could, but That's fine. All right. Marshy, do you know uh Let's see here. Right here. Marsh, you are close. Bro. Uh oh yeah. Well, Anthony, you need to back up. That's what I was trying to tell too. you earlier. Like, I right. was in the line of fire. Are
2: we are we are we locked and loaded here? Yeah. I think we're good. All okay. right. All right, here we go. Okay, here we
3: go. Don't Calvary shoot down. his calves, Anthony. Andrew Marsh shot number 1. Oh, right oh, cheek. Right cheek and I the sweat t- pant shorts, the soft shorts. That's going to leave a mark for yeah, sure. Sorry, Marsh.
2: I got you too high. Marsh, he's that.
3: got a big uh, Maryville game to call tonight. Yeah, he does. He's going to have to walk oh, it off playing, here a Marsh? little bit. They're not playing uh, they no. not playing I did see a suit in there. A suit. there. Didn't there I see a suit? Yeah, he's got other stuff going on. Oh, maybe he's got right. a big date.
2: Shot two. Here we okay,
3: go. shot two. Am I loaded here, Anthony? You're loaded. No, the gun. Yeah. Okay. All right, Marshy, here we go. Three, two, one.
2: Oh, you went high on him too. I
3: wasn't I was trying to avoid his bare calves is what I was trying to avoid. I feel like it would be a bad teammate to shoot him in the calves. Yeah, that
2: wouldn't be good. All right,
3: so Marsh. Right, he's <laughs> paid
2: up. Marsh is paid up. How you feeling, kid? The
5: uh the second one not as bad as the first one. He, first one stung. That one that you shot was worse than the first one that i received when carrie hit me a few weeks ago okay
3: well when you see the full video later on you'll see that anthony walked up another three feet when you had
5: your hey, yeah <laughs> yeah that makes sense
2: why my spine hurts uh all right so marsh I, th- I think we should do this just uh a press conference okay
5: okay here let me so, sit down get the water in front of here yeah
2: so marsh is facing his uh his press conference here mm. Uh, Jamie, if you if you want to open up questions.
3: Yeah, Andrew, Jamie Rivers here, 101 ESPN. Yeah. Um, just wondering less about the punishment, but more about the process on how you could possibly have made some of the picks that you made last week. It's almost like you wanted to receive this punishment. Yeah, you
5: know, um, definitely don't want to lose any given week. You know, I think uh, from a team perspective, I have to carry my weight and uh, unfortunately, This week I didn't Um, You know, we uh, had to go back to the drawing board And get back to work in week six And, uh, you know, I think with the help of some of my teammates uh, I can definitely get there and uh, have a better week
3: Uh, Just a quick follow-up, if I may Um, At what point do you finally abandon the Vikings in the Pick'em Challenge? Mm.
5: Uh, You know, I think that's uh, something I'll have to go look at I'll have to go look at the tape Um, (laughs) You know, I I watched the game on Sunday Don't do that uh, to yourself you know, um, I had to go back and look. I think there were some plays that I missed. Uh, maybe grabbing a couple gold beverages. Weeks. Um, you know, I, I just—it's just one of those things where uh, you have a lot of confidence in, in the group heading into the week, and uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't pay out. So we'll have to go back and, uh, like I said, look at the tape and uh, reassess heading into next week. Uh,
2: yes, Marsh and the Stalter one-on-one ESPN's uh, the fast lane now it's not just this week Uh, as I look at the current standings yeah uh, Jamie Rivers seemingly carrying your team uh, with 53 points followed Mm -hmm. by Kerry Davis at 50 Uh, me with a respectable 48 although still not great Brett Thompson 44 Mm -hmm. and then it's you with 42 yeah any regrets to this point five weeks in about uh, not only this week's picks but the, the previous five weeks uh yeah you're struggling is what i i guess i'm i'm trying to point out
5: yeah you know uh i'm not there right now Uh, i'm not where i want to be um obviously after five weeks but uh like i said you know i got a good team system a good team around me and uh you know i I know i I have a a good feeling that they're going to help me out here uh you know point me in the right direction uh because we got a lot of count a lot of accountability in that room and uh you know, I, I think moving forward, I'll just have to put my nose to the grindstone and, and just really get after it. Really, uh, you know, go back and look at the tape and see which teams are, are building, just like uh, I want to build moving forward. Well,
2: wow. total pro there, Jamie. I like the way the kid handled himself there uh, in that press conference. Yeah, that'll be enough
3: questions for Mr. Marsh today. Yeah. We're glad to uh, answer thanks, questions on another time. Thank you.
2: I don't see any. I don't see any issues thus far. The, the team fast lost two in a row. I don't see any issues, though. No,
3: I um, I don't. I, I think he he knows he has to be better, which is fine. There's no mm-hmm. secret, there. Yeah. You know, he just told us that. I think he wants to be better.
2: That's half of it, yeah. really. It is. It, you gotta have the to want to.
3: Absolutely. All
2: right.
3: Yes. <laughs> 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 we both again. looked at each other. I'm like, what <laughs> is that? I thought he was. I thought he had the no aftershock. Call. From oh, the airsoft gun, right. <laughs> like, he's lost it.
5: So we didn't win last night. No,
3: no. Who JT went?
5: Real Muto. Ah, wait, no, that's not the game we did. I thought you guys did the Phillies game.
2: No, we did the uh, Dodgers. He had yeah, Corbin Carroll. I had Mookie no. Betts. Muriel, oh, that's
3: right. What's his name? Guriel. Uh, Muriel. oh, J D Martinez. And
4: and
2: and, and uh, yes, Guriel Jr. Yeah. yeah. That's so Martinez would have been the winner last night. JD Martinez. Okay, so this now we got Rangers and Orioles tonight. Oh Jamie. Goodness. Do you want me to go first since yeah, you had to I'm, I'm you had trying to, to pull it up here. All right. I think I'm gonna go with a Ranger. They are red hot at this point. They're also facing Dean Kramer, who they've had some success against. I'm gonna go with- I'm gonna go right back to the leadoff. Well, I'm gonna go with Marcus Simeon.
3: Wow, that's a big call.
2: Marcus Simeon tonight for me. To win it all.
3: Yeah, um...
2: Leadoff home run in the bottom of the first.
3: I'm going with an Oriole. Adley Rushman.
2: Okay. Alright. Yeah. There you have it. As Jamie and I continue to uh, fight in <laughs> sudden death here.
3: What happens when we run out of games? <laughs>
2: <laughs> then it's a, then it's a draw. It's a tie. All right. We then at that point we've done, we we've done all we could. Okay? You can't keep playing forever.
3: Pick nine guys in the final game. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes. You guys go to the Arizona Fall League. Do you know. Know.
3: <laughs> yes.
4: If I'll
2: tell you what we'll do. We will if we are still tied mm. at the last, for the final game of the World Series, we'll just you'll get an entire team. I'll get an entire team. And if nobody hit the damn home run in that game, then it's, it was just meant to be.
3: We toggle back and forth. Yeah, popcorn draft. We,
2: exactly.
3: <laughs> we just go until every player's gone.
2: Every, every player's gone. I like that. <laughs> All right. We've got what you missed. Criticisms. Compliments
1: next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
2: Jamie singing the theme music uh, to our final segment of the day what you miss criticisms (laughs) compliments what you miss Joe Vitale we talked to Joey about the upcoming blue season Uh, Jamie and I discussed the blues better or worse on paper this season when it comes to the the roster Uh, blues most likely to happen went through some questions there We marched throughout some various scenarios for us baseball ranked the teams that missed the postseason we told you where the cardinals ranked in jim Bowden's article with the cardinals actuals actually increased their spending and major league baseball overall should mlb change its playoff format had that discussion did some nfl stock market buy sell or holds on coaches or play callers and is the jury already out when it comes to jordan love after a bad performance again last night that's all available on our podcast which you can find at 101 ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app that's brought to you by Dobbs Tyron Auto Centers we've got an instant replay a blues edition instant replay before the Rangers and Orioles game three pregame starting at 6 30 right here on 101 ESPN so that's immediately following the fast lane now criticisms and compliments what do you got Marsh
5: Alright, I mentioned this earlier in the show But this one's from 314 Jamie, great to see you in a nice Mizzou shirt Looking sharp Marshy, step up your game Wow
3: (laughs) Well, I appreciate that Um, Like I said, I paid a lot of money for this t-shirt Yeah, you did And, uh,
2: yeah It looks good
3: Had some good times down Mizzou Of course, visiting the campus Beautiful campus And, uh, yeah Go Tigers
2: Go
5: Tigers! I will step up my game tomorrow. Oh, look! At this. Just wait. Do you have You'll a Mar- see. Do you have a Maryville game tomorrow? No, I got a Mizzou shirt. Oh, oh one single T-shirt. All right, and nice. I'll wrap that tomorrow just for that listener.
3: Nice. Get The heck out of that
2: thing. I'll show you. Mm-hmm.
4: I'll show yeah.
3: all of you. Uh, from the six
5: three six, take this as you will, as a compliment or an insult. Marshy looks like Kasperi Kapanen's twin. Hmm. Mm. I don't know.
3: I don't know about that.
2: I'm not seeing. I've
3: seen him up close and personal, and uh...
2: you didn't think to yourself, Mm -mm. "By God, that's Andrew Marsh." No. Okay.
3: No, I I did not.
2: Hmm.
3: Oh well. Hmm. Alrighty.
5: Not a criticism nor a compliment, but a honorable mention for biggest question of the day from three one four. You're stranded on a desert island. Are you taking Joe Vitale's bread or Randy character's
2: carrot cake? Ooh. Mm. Both outstanding. I got to go with the carrot cake, though. Uh, I got a I major sweet tooth, mm. and Randy's carrot cake is unbelievable.
3: Yeah, I, I have yet to um, be gifted Joe Vitale's bread. That's true. Whereas Randy just always make sure he gifts us a lot of different things. Christmas time, he's got all the little, all cakes little cookies and stuff, and cookies, and yeah. the carrot cake. He you know, he likes to cook that on his Traeger grill. I believe yeah. is what he does. So,
2: guy's a magician.
3: Uh, yeah, so I'll go with the carrot cake. And uh, Randy, if you're listening, uh, feel free to bring in another one anytime Please. soon.
2: Yeah, thank you. At any point, that yep. would be great. Any of the sweets that Not you want to bring to our
3: Thursday though. No,
2: bring them in tomorrow yeah, and Thursday, no. and then when Jamie's back on Friday. No, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, all days, yes. But if you can only pick one day, Randy, we'll give you a little runway here because we're kind of dropping this on you right yeah. at the last second. Let's do Friday. Okay. Fun That's... Friday, yeah. care cake, Friday celebrate, fun day.
5: Some party hats. Sure. Know. Yep. Quick story. I told you guys this a few weeks ago, but when we had Blues and Brews, I talked to Randy, and I was telling him how my roommates and I – Every Sunday we end up making something in the crock pot, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and so yeah. it was my turn to make something and I went up to Randy and I said, "Randy, I don't know what to make. Can you give me some ideas?" He goes, "Want to make the best clam chowder you'll ever have in your life?" "Yes, I do, Randy." I absolutely did. I mean, he said it was the best I'll ever taste. Yeah. So I made it. He gave me this recipe that looked like it was from the 1980s. Sure. And I made so You know it's good. I, it was Fantastic! Yeah, it was so good. I believe that. It was great. I'll probably make it again some some point soon.
2: Yeah, Randy has never made a bad anything. No, not at all. So uh, we have That's one. a good point on Joe with
3: the bread. Yeah, we've been asking Thanks that too for, for, nothing, for years. Thanks for nothing. Hmm.
5: From the 314, will someone please let Anthony Anthony know that the word laxadaisical doesn't have an S after lack. I know this will fall on deaf ears as usual.
2: <laughs> lackadaisical. You know Do it. I say laxadaisical you sometimes? Did. I think
3: so. At one point, they were going to say laxative.
2: Oh, lackadaisical.
3: Yeah. I didn't correct you because I don't care. It's fine. Oh. I, I knew what you were saying. Yeah. It didn't obstruct my... Hearing of what you were saying, sure. so I just let it go. I just yeah. I don't need to bring that up all the time. I mean, Otherwise we'd spend the whole show doing that.
2: <laughs> I always appreciate when somebody corrects you and gives you no benefit of the doubt. Like I'd realized there's no S after the K in
3: lack lack But I appreciate it. Somebody tell him! Mm. Cause he doesn't know. But Anthony, maybe they're just thinking that they're they're making you better. Maybe they maybe they care. About you because you know, so why
2: phrase it that way though? I know somebody tell somebody. yeah, somebody tell him, like, I am all powerful. This is what this this is how I hear it. You know, when you read the text message, you're like, it's always angry. Oh, yeah, I always read it as this person is the most condescending, (laughs) arrogant.
3: Mm, I got you.
2: (laughs) I'm gonna get on the highest of soapbox. Would somebody tell him because I can't do it alone? I'm carrying too much weight <laughs> upon these shoulders. The weight of the Can somebody please summon the strength cuz I am out of it to tell this imbecile <laughs> that there is no s after the k in lacks. Lack a daysical. <laughs> he almost did it again. That piece of garbage. That's how I read it.
3: Yeah. I think you're pretty accurate. Thank you. All right, last one here from the 314.
2: You've been heard, God. 618 or whatever you're from.
5: Uh, It was from the
3: 314. The 314. Mm -hmm. That guy, too.
5: (laughs) Last one here, also from the 314. Did Marshy go through media training or something?
3: Uh, He's on the radio every day. I mean, this guy's a polished. He's a podcaster. Yeah. He's a co host. He's a rapper. (laughs) Producer. Play by play announcer for the Maryville Saints yes he's obviously polished
2: yes and
3: I
5: I
2: just watch uh post-game interviews of ah, hockey players that's it
3: yeah pretty riveting
2: nice job there Marsh thanks good job in that press conference again Blues instant replay coming up right now Rangers Orioles this Orioles team they better not be lackadaisical because they could lose
1: see ya You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.